Today's episode of PTG is brought to you by the one and only Trans Labs that brought the world two amazing products. First off, Transfuse, which is a hydration multiplier, and most recently, they just dropped Transcend, which is a nootropic energy formula. No matter what you use, when you choose Trans Labs, you are going to be boosted and you are going to be ready to charge the paintball field and win out there. With Transfuse, that is a premium rapid hydration multiplier and immunity-fortifying formula scientifically designed to replenish you at the cellular level and they use all natural ingredients in this product we've got zinc we've got vitamin b6 we've got vitamin c sodium potassium choline and it is an amazing way to make sure that you're hydrated and prepared to play top level paintball when it comes to transcend that is a premium nootropic energy formula designed to increase cognitive performance elevate mood and clarity while supporting long-term brain health and it's going to leave you feeling great with no crash or jitters. It's one of the only products in the nootropic space backed by research studies to ensure the formula is correct for optimal performance. It is more potent than anything on the market, and it will keep you charged and ready to win out there. I take one scoop, but if you're stimulant sensitive, take a half scoop. And if you want that LFG dose to launch to the moon, dump two scoops in your drink and you are going to be flying down that paintball field. Comes in two delicious flavors, Baja Blast and Skittles Candy for the Transcend. And for the Transfuse, they have two new flavors as well, Pineapple Express and Hawaiian Punched. So if you get a chance, head over to translabs.com. That's T-R-A-N-Z. Labs.com. Use code play the game and you'll get 10% off. If you subscribe to a monthly delivery service, you also get 10% off as well. So you could take advantage of 20% off on these products. Head over to translabs.com and give it a go. This episode is brought to you by Lone Wolf Paintball. They are an amazing online supplier and have been around since the beginning of the game as Michigan's premier paintball field and paintball supplier since 1987. They are rapidly expanding into the online retail space and supplying everything you need to be the best paintball player you can be. They have got it all. Head over to lonewolfpaintball.com and shop all of your favorite brands And they also boast amazing customer service and will have this out to you with same-day shipping, which is amazing. It's always nice to know that your stuff is on its way immediately so you can start to use it that very next weekend of play. Check out their YouTube, Lone Wolf Paintball, and their Instagram, at Lone Wolf PB, and stay up to date with all of their deals and sales. Play the Game Podcast is immensely honored to have them on board, and we cannot wait for you guys to check out LoneWolfPaintball.com and become a part of their community. What's going on, PTG fam? Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. Episode 155 is an absolute banger. We have the Iron Men's newest big three. We have Keith DeVitt, Kyle Nicolau, and Trent Nita all on the show together, tuning in from their house out there in uh, they're right outside of Boston, I think, in Massachusetts. All of them came together to have an epic episode with us. This was one you definitely don't want to miss. Really love sitting down and talking to these guys. Uh, they got a bright future. They're playing really, really good paintball right now and uh, have helped the Ironmen stay away from relegation. So without further ado, we're going to hop in the show. That was an insane inside move by Marcelo Margot. Great communication. Crowd starts chanting Harmon. Great, great shot by all the guys. So Tyler Harmon saved that game. Came out with two wins. Marcelo Margot was on fire. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, the show you guys have all been waiting for. We have the Iron Man's new big three. We have Keith DeVitt, Kyle Nicolau, hope I pronounced that last name right, brother, and Trent Nita. <laughs> yeah. What's up, fellas? What's going, going on, guys? What's Happy going to be on? here. Happy to be here. Dude, hell Dude, yeah. The, the pleasure. honor is ours. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure is all ours, man. You guys have been making, making a splash and uh, just came off of an excellent event in Sacramento. A lot of really exciting things for the Ironman. And, you know, I, I, I brought you guys in as the big three that does not discount all the work that Nick Sloviak has been doing and, and the rest of the team. Of course, the team, you know, has been uh, working really hard and it showed in Sacramento, which is really cool to see. But uh, you three, I'm really excited because your story uh, from coming over from the Hurricanes, I think is really cool. Uh, you guys sticking together and, um, you know, you guys weren't able to earn the pro spot with the Hurricanes, but look at you guys now. You guys took over the L.A. Ironman. Hey, something had to happen, you know. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it was. Uh, it's it's a it's a, a dream come true, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely, for sure. Yeah. Hey, to me, Trent, it's cool that you guys. Sorry, ahead, Trent. Trent, you're 19 years old, right? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm 19. Captain and of making, Team USA, the youth yep. Team USA, by the way. <laughs> Let's go, Trent. Clocked in, putting in the work, and and really making a splash in the pro scene, man. Uh, I got to say congratulations for all the hard work and dedication you've put into your craft. Keep going, dude, because you're doing phenomenal. And you're an inspiration to a lot of people out there that maybe you know, you're know you not even aware of. Um, but I do got to pick your brain for a second. What's it like joining forces with the Ironman, with the trifecta here? How's it been making that jump in there? Uh, it's super interesting. I mean, like there's people like Al, uh, Al Fernandez and... Uh, nick so like they're always like super helpful i mean i was super welcoming right when we came in <clears throat> um but like they have so much knowledge in the game and just like to spill it on all of us all three of us has been like a a huge help because they have so much more knowledge and experience in like the pro division than all three of us um so it's been like a huge help and then all, all three of us come in so we got kind of get to collaborate a little bit so it's been yeah. unique because we uh we have a unique play style too so uh, it was cool to collaborate because it meshed really well. Yes, it did. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It shows. I mean, dude, Al is is amazing. I got a lot of love for Al. He was on the team uh, back in 2014 when I was still on the team. And uh, he's just one of those guys that you can always rely on. He's going to do his job. Uh, he's going to show up. You know, he's not he's not going to bail on you. He's super loyal. And he's he's been that for the Ironman for a really long time. And so um, this last couple weekends ago in Sacramento, I was also excited for him, you know, cause he's just really stuck through it thick and thin. And, and, uh, actually Keith, I think when was the last time you were on the Ironman? Was it 2018? Okay. Eight, I was thinking 17, 18. Yeah. So not your first time with Al, you've been with him before. And he's just, again, he's just one of those guys that you're excited to have as a teammate. You know, he, he doesn't ever complain about anything. He's down to just do whatever's best for the team. And he's one of those guys that every team truly needs, you know? Absolutely. Al's always there. Al's yeah, always yeah, there. Dude, and he had that insane, I think it was, it might have been Vegas 2020, the event they won, um, where he had that, that, yeah, with the one on two, where he like yeah. ran over, he's picking paint up off the ground, he's in the middle of the field, Chad George is in the snake 50, and I don't remember who from Heat was in, in like the Dorito corner, he's in the middle of the field, he grabs a paintballs off the ground, puts him into his breech, Runs over bunkers, Chad George, and then wins the one on one. I was unbelievable. It was like one of the coolest things I've seen a paintball player do. Dude's a samurai. He's a samurai. He's a damn samurai. We've been, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Shout out, man. shout out um, to Kyle and the Stash Gang. I see you over here. We got the Stash hey, on, rolling. There, for, for the YouTubers, hop in. And for everybody that doesn't know, they are all sitting in the same room right now together. Uh, they're doing this show from the East Coast. Where are you guys tuning in from? And what's the situation? Are you guys all living together? Or did you guys all mob to one spot? What's going on here? Uh, so we're in Lexington, Mass. right now. Uh, Trent and I actually just signed a one-year lease on this place and uh, pretty happy with it. And we were able to drag Keithy out here from uh, Connecticut. So blessed to have that happen. There we go. But yeah, it's fun. And, you know, can't ask for much more. Doing a podcast with, you know, two good guys in here with, uh, you know, two of my best friends. So I'm having a blast, dude. Hell yeah. Dude, that's Bro, awesome. Hold, hold up. Keith, you drove over there from Connecticut. How far was the drive? Come on now. Two hours. <laughs> What? Like I said, extra desserts. Come on. Bro. Oh, what a legend, dude. Damn. We got to send you some PTG swag. Holy smokes. And and I got work in the morning, all right? Right and early. (laughs) He's got work. This is all because Keith doesn't have a computer or anything. He's a real mountain man, I think. He's just got your cell phone. (laughs) He got his phone, uh, big beard, long hair, you know, long, beautiful hair. Just chilling out there in in the Connecticut, you know, forestry. Nice, dude. So nice. for everybody, this is like bagging Bigfoot. We got Bigfoot on the show. <laughs> Keith DeVitt is here yeah, with us. <laughs> yeah. You just feed him. 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 Bigfoot, I'll go with it. <laughs> so guys, I, I kind of want to dive into the decision to come come to the Ironman and, and uh, Keith, for you to come back to the Ironman. Honestly, while Ironman were going through a lot of their rebuilding over the last year, I kept saying, you know, why don't they pick up Keith? Like Keith makes sense. Keith should be on the team. He's a former Ironman, plays great paintball, good team player. Like pick that man up. Um, and it's no offense, Kyle. I honestly, I, I do want to get into your story too a little bit because you've impressed the whole league. Um, me for sure. I, I've become a huge fan of how you play. You're a fucking baller. Um, but I didn't really know who you were. And it's funny. We'll get into like, I remember seeing you, I think, COVID year 2020 uh, at TSXL playing with the Bay State Bandits. Were you playing with them? Correct. Yes. Yeah. That was, and yeah, I didn't no. know who you were, but you were like kill, shooting everybody on the Dorito side. I was like, okay, who is that person? I remember someone said Kyle, but I had no clue who Kyle Kyle was. And now, you know, like I do some some thinking, you know, some backwards thinking and I'm I like, think, yeah. oh, that's who that was. That makes sense. He's really fucking good. Um, and then obviously Trent, I mean, you're, you're just getting started in this game, dude. And, and so much skill, so much talent, so much potential. Um, so all three of you make sense, but you know, initially Keith, I, I thought that it was kind of a long time coming. So but can we kind of talk a little bit about what the decision was about, you know, coming back to the Ironman or why, why you didn't go sooner or, you know, how you guys all kind of decided to, to go together. What was that whole process like? Um, I mean, for me, it was, uh, you know, I've been up and down in the pro league for quite some time. And uh, I decided that, like, I wanted to go back to the Hurricanes and uh, build something with my friends and give my friends an opportunity to do everything together and bring them up to pro, you know. And, uh, (laughs) you know, things were going good for a while. And, uh, you know, things started, like, dwindling apart a little bit. You know, we only came in second overall the series last year and it was like it was so close everything was so close and it seemed like things just couldn't really uh maintain themselves to stick you know stick together basically so um going forward with that I just uh decided that going back to the Ironman was a really good choice 
And uh, I didn't definitely did not want to do it by myself because I feel like there's certain counterparts in like in my playing style and stuff like that that these guys compliment and make me better. So um, I thought like the great choice to do was what I want to do from the beginning would have would have been bringing everybody together. But I could bring, you know, a package deal with these guys. It, it made sense. And I technically got what I wanted, you know. So yeah. it's just it just made the most sense. And the Ironman, you know, we're struggling a little bit and we're just really blessed and honored to like be able to help these guys us now, you know, mm-hmm. totally. Well, you guys are hungry, you know, and that's really what it takes. And the East Coast is thriving. Um, you know, East Coast paintball is is on the come up. There's a lot of hunger out there, a lot of dedication. People are really uh, doing the extra work that we talk about, you know, relentlessly on the show. But it's it's really cool to see you guys form uh, this trifecta, bring it into the Ironman and then have it work. But there's something to that, you know, because um, you guys come with your own culture and then when you mesh it with the culture of the Ironman and their hunger as well, you know, nobody wants to um, take L's or lose. And, and we're all, you know, I would like to think going to try to mitigate that in any way we can and learn from our mistakes and try to move forward and be better versions of ourselves. But they were having a hard time. So coming in with that new, fresh culture, I think almost was like a, a nice little jolt to the system, too. You know, and, and you guys bring a lot of good energy, uh, a lot of fun, and it's going to be awesome to watch it develop over the years because you guys are only going to grow closer together. Um, And, you know, we have the layout drop that is dropping tomorrow as well. We're going to be rolling into Chicago coming up here in a couple weeks. So what does that look like for you guys, you know, as we're getting ready for the event? Um, Personally, I would love to hear, you know, what each of you do preparing for layouts and then, uh, you know, what it's going to look like rolling in with the team and how you guys are going to be prepping for Chicago. I mean, usually we, uh, on our, like our off weekends when, uh, we're not in California, we'll go to, like the mats out back or we'll go to Boston paintball and, and play usually team, uh, team USA is playing there with Marcelo real quick. Yeah. I, I, I just got to say like, these three are always at the field. Anytime I'm on the East coast, uh, one, it's like, it's cool because it's usually a favor to the teams that I'm coaching. They've come out for, uh, the wrecking crew team that I coach. They've also come out for team USA quite a bit, which is, uh, really awesome of them because it's it's obviously more beneficial to us than it is to them. But I think they get something out of it too. These guys are at the field all the time, willing to get in reps with whoever's out there and just down to put in the work. Like I just want to put that out there. The last you know couple times that I've been at Boston Paintball with the Team USA squad, it's you guys that are down to come and get points and help the kids out. And you you guys are like a part of the community. You know that that is to me the best thing for paintball is having pros like you guys play the game. Let's play go. the damn game. Come on. Play the damn game. There you guys go. Play the damn game. Give them a round of applause. Give these gentlemen a round of applause. Let them know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yes. Keep going. So, yeah, we play there. We do that. Um, I mean, I go to the gym. I know he was uh, doing a lot of running for a while when he's uh, – yeah. Just basic stuff, going to the gym, trying to eat right, trying to make sure we're getting good sleep and hydrating. But mostly, I mean, when the layout drops, like tr- like you said, Marcel, like trying to be on it like as much as possible, you know, being there that Wednesday and just whether it's getting in points or just doing like drills or whatever, or just walking the field for whatever time that you can. And then having, you know, the utility of guns up to be able to go and use that and obviously break the field down that way. 
just pretty yeah. much spending as much time on the field as possible and just making sure that, you know, the weekends we go out to California, it's a little different atmosphere out there. So we've been having to like, you know, eat better. Plus the travel's a lot longer. So making sure we're staying hydrated in those gaps and whatnot. But I mean, it's just trying to, you know, just be on the field as much as possible. Just keeping your body healthy, you know, and loving every step along the way, you know, having a good time. So, yeah, dude, enjoy the Absolutely. process and make sure, you know, definitely drinking a lot of beers, not working out. You know, those are always <laughs> going to help you um, to be the best version of yourself out there. And uh, it's it's really cool because paintball disclaimer, there's some satire and sarcasm in yeah. there for the listeners, <laughs> just so you know. It was a complete joke. Yeah. Um, but I love what you said about the guns up even. Like, why not? Why why not spend that 30, 45 minutes looking at however much time you can, looking at those angles, get in there, take a look at the field. If you can, go to your local field, walk around on it, and uh, take a look at all those angles firsthand. Um, and Trent, what about you? Is there any specific things you do uh, in regards to getting ready for events? Uh, I just like doing lots of drills, lots of drills, and then going for like runs in the morning, of course, and of course, like eating healthy, um, yeah, and just like a lot of preventative maintenance and or preventative like uh yeah maintenance, I guess, uh, just to keep my body, uh, just to keep my body healthy. Totally, and this Ice is coming bath. from yeah, some salts. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Epsom salt bass are the real deal for sure. It's kind of like going in in, in the ocean. You know, yeah. um, Trent, I gotta, I gotta ask you, I gotta call, call you out on something here. More of a question, but you have a very unique style, very unique form. The archer. Often I think you're gunfighting kind of blind firing. Maybe do you, do you drill this style? If you guys don't know, go find an Ironman go sports match and, and look at Trent's style. I've, I've implemented, you know, it's funny. Young Ben on the wrecking crew team is also on team USA. Young stud of an athlete. He's, he has a bright future. If he sticks with the game, he's going to be really damn good. Um, he's adopted it as well. And some of the younger kids have kind of d- adopted that style. And so I kind of, sometimes I'm like, Oh, let me play around with this a little bit. And sometimes, sometimes I feel like maybe it makes sense. Other times it feels really uncomfortable for me. I feel like I don't really have good control, but maybe I'm just not good at it yet. Can you kind of explain, is there, is there like a, um, have you put a lot of thought into that, that style? Is there a reason that you do it or are you just trying to look cool? Oh, uh, no, no, not looking cool. Honestly, it just feels right for me. Um, it didn't feel right at first. I definitely like, I, I gun fought like when I was living in Texas for a while, like super strangely. And like when I was playing against like Jesse Stevens or Alex Martinez or any of the guys in Texas, they would like nitpick like, uh, my gunfighting skills and like how my form and all that stuff. Um, and I just changed it up and found something that finally worked for me. And like, it's funny because everyone always says like, I have the weirdest form in the world, but I don't know. It just works for me at the end of the day. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely like drill like that and like do some weird stuff drilling too. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> drill like that. I watch him sometimes and I'm like, I don't know, man, I can't. I'm just going to stick with one word here. He's blind firing right now. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works good in a can when you go turn for, sideways. It works. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if it works, you know, yeah. let it rip. Run it. So I, like I got to know. Uh, where did you grow up then? Um, you said you were out in Texas. Is that where you grew up? No, I grew up in Colorado. So I grew up in Colorado till I was like uh, 16 and then moved to Texas for a couple of years to play paintball out there and then moved out to Boston and now with the, was with the Hurricanes and now I'm with the Ironman out here. 
There you go. So, so awesome that, to see. So do like film with uh with Steven Schloss on the Hurricanes, and then uh started playing paintball at the Hurricanes. Shout out to Steven. So so that's a testament to also the dedication of. I mean, just listen to what this young man is saying. He he traveled, moved to Texas to play paintball, and he moved. Uh, to the East Coast, and he's rallying for this dream. You know, it, it's not going to happen by just sitting on your ass. You got to get out there and get it, and that's something that you're doing. So, kudos to you for that, man. And where did uh, where did all of you guys grow up? What about you, Keith? I grew up in Connecticut, like 30 minutes from Billy. Okay, so I always had him as like a mentor. You know, he always pushed me. Yeah, forward. There we go. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Uh, I grew up in Salem, New Hampshire, so it's about like 30 minutes from here. So I've lived there my entire life and uh, just recently moved here. So yeah, just kind of yeah. local kid, you know, nothing crazy. Dude, I love nothing that. Crazy. Yeah, that's why it's so cool is like it's all kind of understated. You know, again, Kyle, your your story I'm, I'm definitely interested in because um, it's rare that a new pro comes on the scene and kind of commands that much of the league's attention. Uh, I feel like a lot of at least anyone that was in your guys's bracket uh, at the last major was kind of like, Hey, the player for the Ironman on the Dorito side is, is playing really well. So you, you have to scout that. Thank you, you have to watch I seriously appreciate that. Thank you. It's, it's just the first couple of events. You got to maintain that. That's the hardest part, right? Is once, oh, once teams that. understand like, okay, this player has a lot of potential. If we, if we don't give him attention, he's going to come and win a game. Right. So it gets, it only gets harder. I'm sure you know that, but, um, it's rare that new players come in and, and command that much of the league's attention. And really you could say that with you too, Trent, I felt like you've had some really good points uh, in that first major and in Sacramento, I, I thought you were a difference maker, right? And it's, you know, Keith, you've been there before. So it's the only reason I'm not bringing you up right now. It's you, you, it's nothing new for you, but it's hard to come in and actually be a difference maker in the pro division. That's not easy. It's easier to come in and be a role player and fit in and like not make mistakes. Right. But to actually be a difference maker and shift the way the team's performing, that's a, that's a different ball game. That's a really tough thing to do. And so it shows that you guys have obviously been putting in the work and just because there weren't cameras on you guys or people weren't paying attention doesn't mean that the talent or work hasn't been, been done and put in. Right. Um, so it is cool to see, you know, it, it, it's cool. I, I believe there's more players like that throughout the country. I really do. And that's kind of, that was kind of the the foundation of BKI was like, how can we find these players? You know, I know we were going around doing clinics and we would meet kids that were like, this kid could be so good, but he's in the middle of nowhere. He's never going to get an opportunity, you know? And so like, that's kind of been a major goal is to, to search and find that kind of talent. And you realize it's out there. It's for sure out there. It's just whether or not people want this to be their thing, because, you know, you become a professional paintball player and it's not going to make you you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. It's not going to be a career. It's a, it's gotta be a passion thing. You got to have something else that's going to support you. And, um, you can make a living out of paintball, but it's really hard. You gotta, you gotta do a lot of different things. It's got to treat it like a business. We've had that conversation many times, but there is a lot of talent out there. And so to see you guys come from that area and correct me if I'm wrong, did you guys all kind of grow up with Harrison Fry as well oh, yeah. he in, in, in the group? Right. I grew up with him around Canopy Paintball. Canopy Paintball was like 10 minutes from my house and he grew up playing there. So yeah, we've known each other for a little bit now. <laughs> okay. My, yeah, totally. I, I adopted him along the way, you know. <laughs> uh, makes sense. Um, but there, again, so there's so much talent in coming out of that region now, which I think we're starting to see. So um, Kyle, how did you get into, into the game and like 
what are the what was your trajectory as far as because the, the only team I knew of was the Hurricanes, and I really only knew that um, once you got on the Ironman, I realized you were that player, and then I realized you were the player that I saw with the Bay State Bandits. You know, I was like, oh, I, I remember hearing about this guy or seeing him, and I I kind of get it now. But you know, before that, I had no clue. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I started playing when I was 10 years old, you know, young kid, same story for it a hundred times, birthday party, went out, fell oh in love. Uh, I'm pretty sure my cousin was there. So it was, yeah, it was a really good time. I just remember falling in love with it. I actually remember getting shot and I was like, whoa, like I'm a paintball player now. Like, here we go. <laughs> but like, you know, just jumped around from team to team. Like we always had good leagues, like the NEXL, we had Foxball around here and stuff like that. And the league's OPS out and Matt's out back and whatnot. So Guys had really good local leagues for me to kind of jump around with and whatnot. But the real first like solid team that I was on was like the Bay State Bandits. That started, what was it 2015 or something like that, probably? Yeah. And I was with them for like five to seven 14. years. So 14. yeah, 2014. So I was with them for like five to seven years. Shout out Brett Messer, Sean Wyatt, Jeff Stein. Thank you guys yeah. for everything you did. Seriously appreciate that. But yeah, so I mean, I was with them and we had a blast. You know, it was just a really good time. The family type guys, you know what I mean? Just absolute love for the game, you know? So that was a good time. And uh, we made it all the way to semi-pro. But you know how it is once you get in there. It's like, it's a brutal division. And then, you know, once you get to kind of that threshold where you're fighting for the pro spot, but you don't necessarily get it, you start to see your good players start to get cherry-picked. People get pro offers. You know, it becomes very difficult to build that consistency and carry that through multiple years in the semi-pro division. So that had happened, you know, we had lost a bunch of players, you know, after a couple of years in semi-pro to other pro teams. And then uh, the Bay State Bandits ended up falling apart. So um, I ended up going playing a couple of years uh, with Preferred Mob, which was a local team around here, ran by Dean Carlton out of uh, Boston Paintball. And uh, did that for two years, you know, and that was a blessing because I didn't really have anywhere to go in that limbo. So it was really a big blessing to be able to do that. And uh, I actually stepped down from semi-pro and played division two with them for the first year. Then we went back up to semi-pro. Then same kind of thing. Like we hit that threshold where, you know, we needed a little more to get over the hill and people's commitments started to wander. And it was just like, you know, so after a couple of years with that, uh, the hurricanes had came around and I was like, you know, I know a lot of these guys, like, you know, they look like a very competitive group. Like I'd known Jeff Stein from the Bay State Bandits previously, and he was working with them. So naturally, after like a couple of rough seasons with that, I, you know, we decided to have talk. Like I started to have talks with the Hurricanes, and it was just easy for me to gravitate towards them. You know, it was a really talented group of guys with, you know, the same drive and mindset that I had at the time was, you know, we're going to go out here. We're going to, you know, make a name for ourselves, and we're going to fight to earn this pro spot, you know. So going to them was pretty natural, and then – uh you know, that was, like I said, like the Bay State Bandits, it turned into like an absolute, I know people use the cliche, like a family a lot, but you know, like the Hurricanes was, you know, another team that like, I never thought that like once the Bandits fell apart that you'd really get to like that type of level with the team again, but it felt really good with like the Hurricanes. So like, it was really welcoming with those guys, you know, we had a really fun time, you know, but just kind of the same thing you get in that semi-pro division. It's a brutal division. It's either, you know, a lot of people I feel like are either looking for that straight shot in there and you do it or you know, and that's the worst. That's the hardest thing. And some people have that mindset where it's like, you're either going to get in there and you're going to do it and it's going to work for you or it's not, you know, there is no like working for it for some people and staying and fighting those years in semi-pro. So we had yeah. that go on and, you know, and other people have personal lives, you know, people got things going on and, you know, fighting for a pro spot at waves after a while, you know, with personal commitments, whether that's girlfriends or work or just whatever, you know, 
So uh, that ended up falling apart, you know, like he said, the Hurricanes. And then, uh, you know, the Ironman thing was just very natural. You know, I was blessed to be around Keith with the Hurricanes and have that opportunity. And obviously Trent, you know, and then uh, very thankful for Nikki and everyone over at Die for giving us the opportunity. You know, Dave Youngblood, uh, Devin, Chris, you know, all those guys over there just, you know, giving us a chance to come onto the team because we were, you know, they knew Keith, you know, and whatnot. But for them to take a shot on us was just an absolute blessing. So, you know, now we're here. So we're just having a, you know, we're, we're just rolling with it, rolling with the punches, but yeah, so it was pretty much the bandits and then uh hurricane or bandits preferred mob and then hurricanes. And now here, you know, but just well, having fun along the way, every step, you know, just playing with my friends and just trying to, you know, play as much paintball as possible is really a big thing, you know? Yeah. You guys are doing a great job, not just rolling with it. You're thriving right. with it, you know? And, um, it's not easy. Uh, anybody in paintball knows that it is definitely a challenging sport on so many levels, but it's worth it because of the, the memories. And not only that, but just as a person, as a player and a person, it's so good for you on a multitude of levels as well, right? The connectivity, the tribes that you build, the community, uh, being able to travel together, have all those stories and good times. It's, it's going to be one of those things that when you look back, you know, at the end of your life or when you're done with paintball, you're going to say, damn, I'm glad I pushed the pedal on that. You know, I'm glad I really throttled that portion of my life because um, those memories are going to last for your whole entire life and you'll be able to have those friendships forever. And how long, so you've been playing for quite a while then, Kyle, um, for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit, you know, like, you know, I, like I said, I started playing when I was 10, I'm 28 now. Competitively, it had probably been since I was like 15, you know, 15, 16 was when I really started to like press the national scene and whatnot. And then, yeah, once I got on the bandits, I was extremely blessed to have, you know, Brett and Sean backing that team and Jeff uh, Warzone Paintball in Rhode Island. He really gave us a home there and, you know, the whole thing just Mm -hmm. worked. And that was really my first push to like, okay, things are getting serious now. Let's get to work. Do you want this? Do you not want this? But yeah, 28 years old now, I'm, you know, enjoying it. Push it to the limit. And Trent, how long, (laughs) when did you start? What age did you start? I started right when I was 10, so like nice. nine years now. Yeah. Okay. You've and been I in the game too. Right away. And Bigfoot, you've been playing for quite some <laughs> damn time, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have been, uh, I started playing when I was 16, but it was all in the woods, you know? I of course uh, it is. Of course. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even use a gun, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, uh, I started you playing. Just go hang the flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me the flag. <laughs> yeah. It all started in the woods. I had like a spider thing out of, you know, had the macro line on it. Actually the braided, braided line. Oh, things yeah. that we yeah. mess with yeah. now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was loud as hell. It was terrible, but we had a lot of fun with it. My dad, uh, my dad just didn't like the idea of us like shooting at each other for a while. So like it took me a while to get to a point when, everything was cool to do that. But, um, he actually made me really tough. Like he would run at me, you know, like he'd tell me not to shoot him in the back and, uh, I'd shoot him, I'd shoot him in the back and he'd just run straight at me with like a shield <laughs> pepper in me. Like I'd take my mask off, run in the other direction. I was so scared. And eventually he toughened me up. But the, uh, my first time playing speedball was probably, uh, probably like 2000, probably close to the, I was probably like 17. So it was probably like 2004 ish, almost 2005. 
I remember I had like an A5. I was at Hogan's Alley Paintball in Meriden, Connecticut. And uh, Billy was, uh, I think Billy was on, was Billy playing there? Yeah, Billy was definitely playing there. Yeah. yeah, Billy was definitely playing there because all I remember is the horn went off. I popped up out of back center of my A5 and I was just railing paint. And then like three seconds later, I get like rat- rattled in the back of the head like 80 times. I mean, it wasn't 80 <laughs> times, but it was probably like five. And here's Billy Bernaccia, you know? <laughs> so Billy <laughs> so Bernaccia showed you Ram Jam. That's, yeah, where, yeah. that's where it started. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. He showed it to me. And then he, uh, yeah, and then I improvised. Yeah. You know? Dude, we have so. this uh this funny ongoing uh kind of joke that i have with keith and i'm sure i'm it's it's a thing around keith ram jam it's a a play everyone up the middle just just all five up the middle and i don't remember exactly where it started i don't remember if like maybe we were practicing you one time and you guys had a play that was like that or i was coaching one of the ops's against you and i was I like is it is okay it was a wrecking crew practice that's right that's right and uh and all five up the middle, all the way through, baby, <laughs> like a train. It's the Ram, it's the Ram Jam. It's coming. Um, but yes, that's that's always been kind of your style of play, dude. Not afraid to get up there and, and cause commotion. I love it. Yeah. Hell yeah. The Ram so Jam I got to know, did you have the flat line barrel? Were you rocking the flat line on the A5? Oh, yes. The big fat stick. Yeah. <laughs> Pop that thing on there and launch those balls. Rip people's skin open, you know? <laughs> Put that little curve on it. Oh, Yeah. Those things yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then, you know, from there, it, uh, you know, I, I got the taste of what it was like to play speedball, obviously. And yep. uh, I went and tried all. I so actually, I would, uh, I would play open play at Hogan's Alley every, every weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday. And I would also stay after hours and play another two hours because that's when Hogan's Alley Factory would actually go out there and play. And they'd have some of their other teams go out there and practice. And I would always mix in here and there, get a point, get, no points watching stuff like that. And from there I became like really good friends with uh, Billy and he took me to New York to play with, uh, uh, I think it was Alex Lundquist or Max, one of the two. And uh, Bart, Bart was there. Matt Blonsky was there. Kyle Stalls was there. So I, he, he um, opened me right up to like the world of paintball. So, you know, it was great to have him uh, for that, you know, but, um, yeah, that was a else, crew. Where else should I go with this? <laughs> yeah, no, that that was a crew for sure. Uh, the yeah. East Coast has produced some dominant paintball players, man, and you know we've Nikki seen Cuba. it time and time again. Yeah, Cuba, man, I miss Nikki Cuba so much. Um, everybody, go to Nikki Cuba's Instagram. Tell them PTG sent you. We're sending all the love in the world from the paintball <laughs> community because we miss Nikki Cuba. He's one of the all-time goats of goats in paintball. And we still haven't been able to get the man on the show. He like dude, his work schedule's insane. He spends three months at a time on an oil rig. You know, so like when he's home, he's all family. I'm like, man, dude, we'll do anything. We just want to get you on the show, bro. Jesus, really? Nikki Cuba, these work? stories are timeless. Yeah. Yeah, he's out there. I didn't know yeah. that. All right. Mm-hmm. Working hard. He's out there. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah, man, man works his butt off. Um, all right, guys. So there we go. There's there's a little bit of the history. Let's talk a little bit about the current. Um, what was the coaching like with Hurricanes? I don't even know. Did you guys have a head coach on the Hurricanes? I'm not sure. Um, it kind of uh, that was always like the issue. We were always trying to like figure that out. What the identity of the coach was, but um, it's tough. 
I mean, we had we had player coaching. We had uh, former players come back and coach. We even tried to do like rotate with players coaching. That kind of uh, wasn't great. <laughs> so that's so tough. Like a, a coach is such an important, even if they don't do much. Like as far as telling you what to do or where to go, just having a prominent figure that is like Completely. the leader that understands is going to direct things right like they don't even they don't have to show you how to play paintball they don't have to do all that stuff but having a dedicated person for that is crucial to the structure of a team you know so that that's that's really difficult yeah the reason i'm asking is because you guys go to the ironmen who especially now i mean you guys have a great team of coaches you know between fran and nikki i think uh i think nikki does a great job with analytics i really do when we had her on the show i was really impressed with her scouting ability and the way that she can read tendencies and stuff like that. And what Fran does behind the scenes to offer, you know, really he does a lot of like similar things that maybe Vic does for us, where it just makes it to where the players have to, you just kind of show up and play. You don't have to worry about some of the little details that you do have to worry about on, on other teams. And then you guys brought Shane Pistana back. um, I hope, and you know, he did let me know that he was going to be here for the rest of the year, but I hope it's more of a long-term thing because Shane is one of my all time favorite coaches. And, uh, you know, a lot less analytics, yeah. doesn't really do scouting and all that kind of stuff. He's just focused about, you know, getting the best out of you as a player. Um, I think that's a, a a really great mix that you guys have. And again, I think it kind of showed at the last event. But how do you guys feel about, you know, going from a team that struggled with having that coaching staff to the Ironmen who have now a great coaching staff? It's a blessing, an absolute blessing. I mean, like you said, whether the coaches and, you know, Nikki does a phenomenal job, Shane, they, and Fran, everyone does a phenomenal job in the pits. But, for example, like even if, you, the, you know, the coach isn't the best coach, just having that organi- that organizational piece there, somebody for yeah. you to look to and just get that reset every point is just – it's so crucial. And, I mean, it's just – it's such night and day coming from – and nothing against, like, Hurricanes or the coaching that we had or anything like that. But night and day, being able to come off the field and just get paint, get air, get water, go there, understand the game plans and just break all that down. Very, you know, it's just, yeah, it's that's for me personally, it's like it's such a it's such a crucial part of my game to be able to have that little organization, even if it's not anything. It's just going and looking at game plans, blah, 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 just having that there and it not coming from a player because I'm sure you guys know. I mean, everyone's kind of dealt with the whole player coaching thing at some point or another. So hard. And it's like it's so difficult. So it's like being able to just have those pieces there and multiple pieces at that, you know, it's like it's it's phenomenal, you know, night and day. So It's awesome. Nikki and Fran are superb. Really. Oh, yeah. Do oh, yeah. a, a great job of making sure that everybody's going to be ready to to perform and do the best that they can. And then having Shane come in on top of that. Shane is one of the greatest coaches of all time. One of the greatest players of all time. I mean, the guy has done it all. He's a world champion. Trent, have you seen Push? Do you know who this guy is? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, no, I don't. I haven't watched any of these like old paintball, uh, the old paintball films or anything like that. I just okay. That's your homework. That is your homework. When you leave PTG, is you have to watch Push. Go to YouTube and watch that. It's it's a it's a staple, dude. And Shane, um, what you're gonna see in there is Shane. It's the same dude that you're getting to get hardwired from, and he picked up all this stuff over you know the last twenty twenty five years of being in the in the circuit. So, 
Um, what was it like, you know, meeting Shane and and getting to train with him for that short bit that you that you have been able to, Trent? Uh, it was it was a lot different than like any other coaching that I've had in the past. He was a lot more uh, he's demanding of you, and it's a good thing because it makes you want to uh, do better each point, and it makes you really uh, learn from all the mistakes that you make. Um, yeah, he's just a demanding coach, so it was a unique experience for me, and I'm a uh, like. Like we've said multiple times, we're super blessed to have that opportunity. And uh, we're all super happy to have Shane back um, and uh, glad that he's going to be here for the rest of the year because he's a he's just a demanding coach and he brings a different energy uh, that we didn't have before, um, like in the previous event, like in uh, Philly. Um, and it was, it was a good energy that he brought throughout the throughout the event. So, yeah. Yeah, he's like a he's like a great older brother but he's still like your dad at the same time and and your coach you know and he's just gonna make sure that he steers you in the right direction um he's got a heart of gold one of the greatest people that you'll ever meet i mean outside in any facet of life shane is just a rock solid dude and uh you guys are super super lucky to have him in your corner and to have the the die uh organization as a whole in your guys's corner to have nikki and fran and uh, Dave Youngblood and everything that he's built with Die, And, um, you know, you just got to make sure that everybody's tapped in, um, ready to do the work and then, and then keep having fun with that process like you guys are talking about. And the sky's the limit on that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Shane is, <clears throat> he just really knows how to get the best out of every individual around him, you know, and he'll do it a little uniquely with each of you. And, and the more that he gets to know you, the better he is at what he does. And that's what's special about Shane. I know, um, you know, our run with the Ironman in like 07, 08 was so largely because of Shane, you know, and his ability to just instill confidence in the players. You know, he made me believe that I could do anything I wanted on the field. And I was 16. I know that that wasn't true. I know that I, I, I was, you know, swinging above uh, out of my league there, but he made me truly believe that. And so sometimes I would have big moments, you know, and I, I would punch above my weight class. Um, and I feel like it was like that for all the players, you know, and then um, he's done that. If you talk to any player that's ever been coached by him, they have a similar kind of story. So it's cool to see him just kind of back really in paintball in general, like Tyler said, heart of gold just one of the most amazing people um outside of paintball so really cool to see him back with the organization absolutely yeah, he's the man yo i gotta ask so yeah he I does he brings so much confidence to the, yeah 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 he's a g he's the one dude that's shane pestana that's the guy um i do want to ask you know in regards to this is kind of a fun question we ask all the guests is for your jersey numbers is there any significance and what is each of your guys's jersey numbers before we move into the next questions here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm number two. I've always just kind of had that, just kind of as a representation of like, I, I just something against like the number one jersey. I think number two just stands out, kind of reminding you that there's always somebody else like in front of you, somebody better than you. So that's always just kind of been a thing, like number two for me personally. There we go. I love it. Love it. I uh, I changed my number a couple times. I really don't the, the number doesn't really matter to me i mean i used to like 17 obviously because of oliver but um i uh i had to steer away from it when i was on uh vicious i had to go with 19 so i kind of just stuck with that one you know 
Yeah. And 69 is still available on the Iron Man. <laughs> Dave, Damien already wore that one out. <laughs> Facts. Power. Trent. And mine's just 83. It's just kind of always been 83. Uh, it was like my hockey number, my lacrosse number when I grew up. And it just transferred into paintball after that. Yeah. No significance to it. Boring. <laughs> no significance. I mean, there's some significance there. At least it was your, your sport number in other sports, you know? Yeah. Numbers are powerful. Numbers are really important. If you, if you guys haven't, I don't remember what episode that was with Nick Laval, but he broke down uh, number mastery and stuff. And, and I've always been into numbers, not quite at the level that Nick understands them, but um, there's a lot to numbers. Numbers are, are definitely important. I think Nick is number 19. He, I think he, no, he's, he he's number 37 now. Nick Laval is uh, number 37. That's right. Yeah, he changed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he gave us a full breakdown as to why it was 37, too. I forgot what it was. <laughs> it's, co- it's cosmic. It was, it was some kind of cosmic reason that he's 37 yeah. now. Yeah. I think the numbers got to look cool on the jersey, too. You know, that's it a does big- got to look cool. You're right. I agree. It has to be. I mean, that's why I like, you know, 33. It just, it, it, I feel oh, like so it, it flows pop. a little bit, you know, <laughs> a little bit of flow. Yeah. Supposedly it's a master number, too. So, you know, a lot of good oh, things going on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Bird. And it was Kobe's number. Happy birthday, Kobe. Today is, is Kobe's birthday, too, by the way. Happy and happy birthday, birthday young Stevie. Um, yeah. Shout out to the goat, young Stevie. Happy the, birthday. Uh, birthday. Yeah, it's, it's his birthday, too. Um, so it wouldn't be right to not, uh, not give them both some happy birthday. But Kobe was number 33 in high school. He was going to be number 33 uh, when he went to the Lakers, but couldn't. Number was retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Well, history yeah, yeah. for you there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Was it uh, Hakeem Olajuwon? Was that, was he, that who it was? Or was it Kareem? Who was 33? I think it was Olajuwon. Let's see. Who retired 33? Legends. With, Both uh, of them. Lakers. I'm kind of slipping. Sorry. Oh, so, Kareem. Kareem. Have yeah, you guys sorry, always uh, shot die paintball markers? Um, what's it been like being a part of the die family? Uh, you guys, you know, recently hopped on board with, uh, with the Ironman and our head to toe and die. If you go to YouTube, you can see they're repping full tilt right now. They got the die apparel is lit on the YouTube. Yep. Let them know. Let them know. So what's it been like uh, being a part of the die family over there? It's unique. I mean, it's uh, I, I grew up shooting on planet eclipse uh, pretty much my whole life. Um, and the guns always worked great. Um, but with die the customer service and the, uh, the staff there and everything that they do for you, every single event and how the techs are always in the pits for you. Like Alan, uh, one of the greatest techs ever. Uh, and Rufus. Yeah, and Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout He's, out AOT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just the customer service with die is like none other. Um, if you need anything ever, it's just, done in a snap of a finger it's done so fast uh like alan's in the pits with us all the time and if anything in your gun breaks it's ready for the next point no matter what um so there just like uh the customer service and the efficiency is a uh, it's next level and it helps uh it, it it's it's game changer definitely it's a night and day difference so working with die is uh, better than uh better than yeah better than anything there we go let them know and uh it's it's crazy because you guys have all been mobbing together now for some time. I think we're going to have a guest hop in here in just a minute. Um, we're going to have hey, uh, Quinn. 
yeah, Quinn from Iconic is going to jump in and uh, ask some questions as well. He's East Coast as well. You guys are all on the oh, East Coast. The yep. And I'm sure you guys have all um, met and hung out with Dave as well. He started the entire dye movement, you know, over 20 years ago, and it's still alive and thriving right now, thanks to the help of you and everybody on the Ironman. Um, so what has it been like carrying that shield now? You guys, you know, are wearing the shield and solidified, I think, with that second place in Sacramento that you guys will be um, not have to be in that crazy battle uh, for relegation or anything like that so what does that feel like um you know wearing that shield and then being the the front of it now moving forward into the future i mean it's just an absolute honor you know it really is like just as a young kid watching the iron man and stuff like that and just you know, watching, like he said, Oliver Lang play for the Ironman and just all the success that they've had growing up watching that franchise. And then to not only have it, you know, be the opportunity for, you know, Trent, Keith and myself, Keith already going pro, but Trent and myself going pro to have the opportunity to do it, you know, with such circumstances and for, you know, Nikki and, you know, all the people over at Die, Dave and everyone over there for them to entrust us with, you know, fighting for that relegation spot. It's just like, you know. I sit down sometimes and I say it to myself and it's just like, it's crazy, you know, but it's just, it's, it's an absolute honor to be able to wear that shield and for them to be able to, you know, put the faith in us to, you know, fight alongside the guys that they have and really work to, you know, dig out of relegation. It's, it's just yeah. an honor. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a, again, a very legendary franchise. The Ironmen are, are one of, if not the longest standing franchise currently, I think, um, is there is there a longer one? I don't think uh, so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think I think it's the one. I th I think it's the one. Either way, it's in, in in the you know third top three at least. Um, and the amount of championships and um, elite level players that have come through that organization and through Die itself. Have you guys you guys have all been to the Die Factory now? I I know that. Um, it's just iconic. You know, it's iconic. It's totally iconic to be able to go through that dye factory. You see, you know, you have the Oliver Lang posters on the wall, the Billy Wing, the Saransky, Todd Adamson, like these OGs that, I mean, they paved the way for, you know, what the sport is today and uh, really defined a generation, you know, with, with dyes innovation. Um, they were hands down the biggest paintball company around at one point, you know, and, and, and were truly the innovators in electric markers, like with the DM4, the DM4 came out. That thing was nuts. It was like a spaceship paintball. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like that thing was insane. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it definitely is, you know, it means something to play for that team. And and even the fact that the team was in relegation talks, I've, I've always liked that the league does the relegation. Like one team goes down, one team goes up at the end of the season. And when the Ironmen were even in the conversation, I was like pissed. I was like, that that shouldn't be. No, that can't happen. You know, it just cannot happen because that is such a prominent figure in professional paintball. And honestly, I think they need to refigure that whole thing anyway. It should realistically, and you know, I got to give the credit to Rob Bertuglia, the owner of Wrecking Crew. He's the one who who tossed this idea to me. He's like, hey, you gotta you gotta toss this idea to Tom Cole. I did bring it up with him. It should be an average of the last two seasons. 
you know? So it shouldn't just be one season. And if you're the bottom team, you get relegated in my opinion, because a team like the Ironman that goes through a complete rebuild, you're, you're like, you, as a, as a pro organization, you don't want to go through a rebuild. So you don't want to bring in young talent because you only have one year to figure it out. And if you don't, you're going down to the semi-pro and that has implications for sponsors, all sorts of, all sorts of things. Um, look at AC Dallas. They're not even a team now, you know, they're paintball fit and, and the, the players have all dispersed and they're on other teams, but it, it's, it's a huge bummer to, to, uh, only have one year to figure it out. Like that's, I don't think that's right. And so when the Ironmen were even in the conversation, I was like, we got to change the rules. This can't be the case. The Ironmen cannot, like it's not, stop everything. <laughs> stop everything. <laughs> recount we need a recount um you, you you can't do that you know uh but unfortunately that is the rules right now so again it was it was good to see and i forget uh in philly did you guys go two and two and just miss the cut or were you guys one and three one and three one and three, one and three. I, for some reason i thought you guys were two and two i know you guys had a lot of close matches ours was super close you know took us to overtime um, it definitely were on the cuffs. Like that was where it's like, okay, there's signs of life here. And then it came together in Sacramento, but I'm really glad you guys did put together that performance and, and get out of that, that kind of conversation. What do you guys think was the, the, the driving force to the Sacramento performance? Um, I feel like we came together more as like a unit, you know, like all of us, uh, the cohesion started to like, really like mesh. Um, we started doing more things together. We flew in a little earlier. We stayed there the week. You know, we got to hang out with some of the guys. Understanding body language. Understanding body languages. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We just got more, we had more time with each other. We got to understand each other, learn each other a little more as a group and it helped. I think everyone also like everyone, you know, like clocked in after the Philly event, it was like, okay, like we're going to do this, you know, like. It's kind of that mindset that it goes back to where it's like when we were talking about semi-pro where it's like if it gets, you know, you're in the trenches for a little, some people start to fade away. And it's like, it seemed like, you know, after Philly and everyone was clocked in for Philly, but it seemed like right after Philly, everyone was like, all right, like we're going to do this. You know, it's time to hit the grindstone, like, you know, whatever it takes, like, let's get to it, which was like, I feel like that was a big driving force to it. People, everyone just being bought in, you know, that's the biggest thing is everyone's bought in to the max level. Huge. Yeah, sometimes it just you just need a glimmer of hope too. You have like a, a couple of really good matches, whether they go your way or not, and you're like, okay, hey, this group has something. We can, we have what it takes. So let's put in the extra work. Let's spend a little more hours at the field than our opponents. Let's do the little things. Let's get together on maybe some Zoom calls and talk about the layout. Log in some extra time that other teams are not doing because maybe they're comfortable or maybe who knows why they're just not doing it. And we're going to create the separation. And, and like, once you have a little bit of belief in an organization, I mean, it just catches fire. It just catches fire. And then everything starts getting better. You know, people start eating better. People start working out more. People are going to the field more. People perform better because they have just confidence in, in the group and, and what the team's doing. You talk to each other better. You know, you have better camaraderie. Everything improves when there's belief in the organization. That is the culture of a team, right? Like that's so fucking important is the culture of the team. Um, and it comes down to having a moment where everyone is like, Oh wow, we could we could do this. We could win an event. You know, we can we can we can, you know, we could definitely make Sundays. We can definitely take down the top team. So if we can do that, why why can't we win an event? If we can be in an overtime match with with Dynasty, your guys' first event kind of together, why can't we win an event? Why can't we win that overtime point? Why can't we then put together a string of those against other teams? 
you know, you have that kind of belief and it, it's really contagious. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Shane, Shane definitely brings that belief into us. You know, he definitely gives totally. us that confidence. Yeah. You know, totally. we will do this. We will do that. Yeah. You yes. know, and it, it just grows in all of us, you know? Yeah. God, he's a legend. Shane definitely breeds, breeds that cutthroat mentality in the pit. You know, it's like, like you mm-hmm. said, Nikki is making friends, phenomenal analytics, but there's just something about Shane or that, like, what he gives off to you is just the energy. Like he gives you confidence to run through a wall, you know, like doesn't matter. <laughs> you can do it. You're doing it. Like, yeah, it's just, there's something to be said about that too, you know? And it's like, yeah, totally. so having him there was just like, it's just another key, you know, another piece. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes all of it to win, right? Like there's so many, there's so many things that go into winning. You, you need all of it. Um, like for us, Skinny Kevin's not that motivative guy. He's the analytics guy. He brings us the information that we need to understand our opponents, right? And and help us in making good decisions on the field. But he's not there to motivate us. You know, that's not what he's doing. That's not his job. Um, you know, and so you have to look to other players or yourself, or you have to find ways to to figure that out on your own. You know, it's it it takes a culmination of a ton of different things coming together in order to win. And, and it only gets more and more difficult, but guys really quick, we're going to get Quinn Nadu from iconic paintball on. Uh, he wants to ask you guys a few questions. So let's hear, let's see. We're using your ring ring. What is that? Mr. Quinn ring ring. Ring a ling. Ring a ling. He's ready for this. Hello. Quinn Nadu, Mr. Iconic paintball. What's happening? You're live on the PTG show. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy to be on here for a little bit. Yeah, we got what the Ironman Big Three. Kyle Nicolau. We have Keith DeVitt and Trent Nita. Yeah, dude. They're uh, arguably their best three players right now with how they played prior to them showing up. Agreed. Absolutely. Thank you. So, yeah, uh, it's definitely... Excited so getting to talk to you guys here a little bit. You know, a few of you guys being kind of East Coast guys around my area. Yep. East yeah. Coast strong. Yeah, we uh, we knew that uh, we had to have Iconic on to ask some Iconic questions. That was a little segment we had on the show for a while. We kind of want to bring it back and just have you actually call in and ask the questions, Quinn. I think that'd be tight. Oh, you got to beat my spick and span salary that those guys are going to Oh, see? Proof right here. Proof. You just said it live on the PTG show. Now we know where your alliance is. Okay, we got it. So our next caller will be calling in here. (laughs) 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 We're going to have to discontinue this one. Hey, look, all I know is the debate's over. We won the 2021 uh, Creator of the Year Iconic Award. So, I mean, it's really, you know, no competition at this point. Yeah, let's go. They weren't even a nominee from what I remember. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Quinn, hit us with some iconic questions for the big three. So I guess for you three, uh, the biggest question I kind of had I was most interested in. So, I mean, outside of kind of an outlier performance last year where the Ironmen got, I believe, a ninth at Chicago, I mean, they basically spent the last two years in the bottom third or even the bottom you know, quarter of the league. Uh, obviously, with how the Hurricanes kind of unfortunately fell apart and kind of forced you guys into the market looking for a team, um, did you guys kind of look at coming into the Ironmen as an opportunity, or were you a little bit nervous seeing the kind of lack of roster depth and offense on that team? Opportunity. Yeah, opportunity, definitely. Yeah, 100%. 
Yeah, can you elaborate on, sure. on what mean, kind of like opportunities that you guys were hungry to attack on by moving on over there? Um, it's just yeah. a whole new set of like tasks, and uh, it's it's a completely different. Uh, it's a completely different game. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, every single player you're playing against in the pro uh, pro divisions, an uh, athlete um, versus like uh, in the semi pro division, you still get like a lot of the mixed in like for fun people who still don't take it like a hundred percent serious. Um, so it was just like a new opportunity that like brought on like new uh, di- uh, difficult tasks. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we knew we knew it wouldn't be like an easy, uh, easy thing to bring them out of relegation territory or like bring them to like a, a new Ironman team. Um, and uh, it's just a yeah, it was a new opportunity to bring a new group of guys together to mesh to create something, uh, uh, create something great. Love that. For sure. And um, I mean, kind of touching too uh, a bit on the hurricane situation prior to this. Um, I mean, do you feel like a little bit of, I guess, disappointment that you guys made it to the pro league this way rather than kind of winning a spot just because you guys got so close last year? I mean, you were just a few points away from just winning the spot outright. And even how you guys started the season before it kind of fell apart, I mean, you were pretty well on pace to potentially be the team this year that would get the spot. Or, you know, I mean, so was there some disappointment that you guys couldn't do it as the Hurricanes or were you just, you know... Again, super excited to take the opportunity to step into pro. Um, I don't think uh, we were upset at all. Like as far as that, I mean, it is it is what it is. I mean, things you know, things can only grow for so long to where other things outgrow other situations. And uh, we, as a three, grew into another situation. And um, I mean what's what's better than helping a legendary organization get stay out of relegation you know there was opportunity for that and to keep everything going and it was uh it just it was bittersweet it's like the cherry on the top man yeah you know throw some whipped cream on that thing I mean, for me, <laughs> quinn with the tough questions yeah. Quinn does not yeah, hold friggin back dude it's you're something else you know, what you- I got I got to say, you got some balls on the personal one. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, anyone wants to like, for me personally, it's like, I would have loved to take a team from new England and drive it pro. You know, I've always, that's always been kind of a thing for me. If I could take a group of friends around here and, you know, bring a pro team to new England, like we have Revo and like, obviously there was one eight seven, but to be able to have another, you know, NYX to be able to, bring that back around and give back to the community and have the community have that kind of, you know, piece to look up to and work for it was yeah. always something that like, you know, I would have loved to do, but you know, at the end of the day, it was like, I was just, I'm chasing having a good time playing with friends and like, you know, playing at the highest level that we can. So when the hurricanes fell apart, like he said, it was bittersweet, but at the same time, like, you know, I have this opportunity with two of my best friends to, you know, go and fight for one of the most legendary franchises in the history of the game, like, you know, that's just thinking about that is like that screaming opportunity, you know? So, you know, not much See, more. Sure. There. That's why Quinn asked the tough questions this is a fucking great I, response right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. There we go. I guess I got a, I got one more. I don't know if you get a tough one, but it's just one thing I always kind of sit and wonder. Uh, so when you guys came in, uh, obviously outside of the last event, the season was not going well so far for Ironman. 
when you guys came in, was there kind of an open dialogue with you guys with, you know, kind of the Ironman organization that like, hey, you know, we're about to get relegated. You guys need to get some shit done. You know, Did, was there kind of that conversation that occurred or was relegation something that you guys didn't even talk about, you know, thus far? I mean, it was obviously it was out there. Everybody knew about it. I mean, it's talked about, but like we don't we didn't really uh, dwell on it too much. We just looked at what, what we needed to do going forward. You know, that's like yeah. if you're looking at if you're just looking at that, like you already lost. You just got to look at what you can do, to push forward and blast through whatever's in your way, man. Mm-hmm. Like other than that, I mean, blast through it. Yeah. Through Ram it. jam. Ram jam right through, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, I love you, Keith. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's that you're you're absolutely right with that. Like if you dwell too much on on shit, if we don't do well in this next event, like this is what's on the line, um, that can hinder you. But I do think that having a real conversation with with everybody, like, hey, this is what's on the line. So this is why we need to work this much harder. This is why look at look at everything that's at stake. Let's use that as some fuel. Let's use that as some motivation. Let's revamp the way we're doing some shit because it's not totally working. You know, so I, I think there's, you know, obviously benefit in in that as well, the realization. But you're right, Keith, you can't dwell on that. Um, you know, yeah. and, and let that consume you and be afraid of of being relegated because then you're just you're you're swimming with with uh, your arms behind your back there. You better better stay afloat with those those fins. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah for sure i mean you guys are definitely staying afloat i mean you know i kind of pride myself in watching a lot a lot a lot of paintball being pretty good at kind of picking out and predicting what's going to happen and you guys getting second at that event was kind of absolutely wild to me because you know just to be honest i kind of looked at it thinking like you guys i, I was going to really feel like you guys were going to be lucky if you didn't get relegated and after that i mean you guys pretty much secured a guarantee for another season um you know, I mean, really, especially you three in particular, I mean, I feel like generally I've been pretty vocal. I do not think that roster has been good. And once you three came in, um, you know, you certainly added a ton of depth and actual real offense to that team where the, you know, the offense wasn't just, hey, you know, run to the 50 and hope some shit works. Um, you know, and as a, as a historical paintball fan, I was, you know, I'm kind of super excited the impact you guys have made just because I love to see you know, the Ironman, the pro division, they've been there for like 40 years now. So definitely excited what you guys were able to do. Hey, thank you. Quinn, do you know if the Ironman that we were having this conversation before you came on and sorry guys, if one of you wanted to respond to that, but, uh, is the Ironman the longest standing pro team right now? Oh yeah, for sure. I believe they played their first like official professional level event in 1984. So they're pretty much, Jeez. I know they were saying the 40 year thing. I believe it's their year or two short of that still, but I think officially 84 was their actual first, you know, legitimate professional event. There's yeah. They're a couple years short because when I was on the team in like 2014, I know we were celebrating the team's 25th anniversary. Um, <clears throat> and that was, you know, obviously only eight years ago. So, so they're definitely not yeah, 40. I mean- it's basically them. And then I would say, I mean, you guys are probably next in line for longest running, you know, active pro team, but you know, they kind of have everyone beat. And that's why to me, that was a, yeah, I mean, they've, yeah, they've obviously been around super long too, but I mean, that's why I think that was a big story coming into the year. Cause a lot of people are like, Hey, this is, you know, this is a team that 
they've always been in the conversation forever in some capacity. And there's a chance, you know, we don't see them again. Mm-hmm. Totally. Which would be a complete yeah, I, was speak- I was speaking yeah. of that too, before we got you on how, how uh, upset I was at the, even the thought of the Ironman getting relegated. I was like, no, change the rules. We got to change the rules. <laughs> like they need a year to rebuild, you know? And, and like, look, if you're going to bring in a bunch of young talent and I see them out at victory, they have like 15 players out there that they're trying to see who's going to be the best fit. Like give a team like that. You need a year to figure out what's going to work. You, that's franchise how sports go. You know, like you like need. Tag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, give them a year. <laughs> give them a year. So, um, yeah, I, I would like to see the league revisit that rule and have it be a culmination, you know, your average of the last two seasons. So if you're the, the 20th place team over the last two seasons, you get relegated. If you're, if you're that bad two years in a row, I mean, you, you deserve it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, for sure. And uh, I guess one more thing before I go that I want to mention, just because I think, Marcel, I've had this conversation with you like multiple times, you know, prior to this this whole merge with these guys coming on, is I'm so happy that Trent is finally on a pro team because I yes. feel like it's been two or three years now where I'm like, can somebody sign this fucking guy? Like, he's good. What are we waiting for here? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Working hard, Trent's yeah, head. For sure. Trent's head does not need that accolade, by the way. There, Quinn, uh, it's the last thing he needs. So, Trent, just go ahead and erase that from the memory. Um, I'm not out. He's gone. <laughs> no, dude, he doesn't need anything for his head like that, man. He's like a he's a fiery guy. I mean, yeah. like I feel like a lot of yeah. me, Marcel. He kind of has a little bit what you have, where it's like that that very much like win at all costs type of personality, like that kind of Kobe style mentality. And that's why I think he's going to be very successful going forward. I, I mean, I totally agree. I see a lot of uh, my younger qualities in Trent and actually most of the time for the worse, you know, and, and it was out of the, you know, same passion for winning. Um, I was the same way, you know, it was so difficult to deal with me when I was young um, because I had one goal in mind and it was to win. Um, I knew I was doing everything it took to be the best for my team. And when I felt teammates weren't giving me that back, I didn't quite know how to handle the situation. And, and so it would just come through passion and fire. I feel like I see that sometimes with Trent and I love him for it because I know what it could lead to if it's directed the right way. Um, and if he, if he can really hone that in. Uh, I still don't have it totally reined in, but you know, to me, I think it's part of what makes me who I am as a, as a player and a teammate too. But as you get older, you definitely realize there's just better ways to go about things and to handle situations. And I'm speaking for myself personally, not even for Trent at this point, but I no, definitely totally. noticed a lot of, to, what's that Trent? I said, no, totally. It's a process. It's a process. It, it is. It is for sure. And I would rather a kid have that then not give a shit if they win or lose. I would rather that any day. Now, after a couple of years, if we can't like, you know, mold it into what I think it could be as, as you mature, then that's a different story. And we're probably going to go in a different direction because the, the team needs to be, it needs to not be that frictionist, right? That, that, that can't always be the case, but I want a kid that gives a shit about winning, about doing the right thing. That is passionate, that shows up, pushes his teammates, like, I'll take that any day of the week. You know, again, that's why it's a no brainer. And to have him as the captain of the team USA youth squad, I'm like, yeah, please, this is the guy, you know, um, for me, I, I put all my eggs in that basket rather than the kid that's like, well, I'm here cause I'm having a good time. And yeah, if we win, that's cool. But if we don't, it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm a good sport. 
sorry, dude, you're just never going to be one of the best. In my opinion, you know, I just, I, I don't think that that mentality breeds really the best of the best. And what are we talking about here? Do we want to be champions or are we just trying to be professional players? You know, there's a lot of pro players that are never going to win. Um, cool. Good for you guys. I'm really glad you made it to the pro division. Glad you're having fun. But if you want to win, it's a different ball game. It takes a different mentality, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I'm all in on Trent, dude. I, I love the kid and I see a lot of that fire too. And I'm, I'm like, yep, I totally get it. And that's <laughs> kids got passion for the game. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I got one more question then for Keith, just because uh, I want I want they want to ask him this now that he's back in the pro division. Keith, you could pick one player to bonus ball. Who's your favorite player to bonus ball in the pro division? Ah, <laughs> uh, Harris. That's a fucking great question, Harris. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but shout luck. out to Perfect Harris. <laughs> Man, better be careful. They're about to get relegated. He's going to get bonus ball right back down to semi-pro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just let Shit. him dump all that over his head. Himself, uh, dude, it's, it's crazy to me. I feel like their roster is way better than I, – I mean, I'm not saying it's a winning roster, but it's too good to be in the position they're in. It is such a mystery to me. I yeah. cannot understand it. It's, like, there's no, there's no outside factor that's making them bad. Like, they're, they're not blowing up at events. I just don't understand it at all. They get good practices. It's not like they don't get good practices. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one to me. They're just not producing when it comes game time. I don't, I don't know they what that is. They play a lot. They play a lot. They play yeah. A lot. They should have picked up the big three from the East Coast. That's what they should have done. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> They don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want that. All righty, Quinn. Is that uh, is that all you got? Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. Let me ask a couple of questions. And uh, whoever, when you listen to the show tomorrow, everybody, at some point tomorrow in the PTG GOAT group, I'll give away an iconic jersey for, uh, you know, whatever, just because I'm on the show tonight. Tight, Let's dude. Go, Hell Quinn. yeah, Quinn. We appreciate that, brother. And Hell just so everybody yeah. knows, Quinn is in there. Quinn's in the Discord too, so uh, you guys can can definitely at Iconic Paintball and uh, um, message him Show in there. But awesome, we will we will be active in the Let's Discord. Let's go, tomorrow. Macro Line Gang, baby! Macro hey, Line Gang, let yeah, him he's know. got a whole thread because of Quinn. <laughs> All right, brother know, Quinn, Quinn, have a good night. I know it's late, way past your bedtime. You go to bed at like eight p.m. Wake up at three. You're a sicko, um, but uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. I appreciate you guys. Have a good night. Thanks. You too, brother. Take it easy. Dude, Damn. coming in with the heavy hitting Quinn questions. Quinn from Iconic. There we go. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like soaked and sweat from some of those questions. So, yeah. I, I thought Dude. Keith was going to try to come through the screen and strangle poor Quinn. <laughs> hey they're good they're good questions though like there's a lot of uh validity to those right because it's mm-hmm. just kind of the the elephant in the room that people don't want to talk about that is the reality of the ironman before you guys came you know and so uh you know i'm sure it's it's not a question that just quinn had i think a lot of people are just so curious about the team and the types of conversations that because something had to happen to initiate change right and so i think that's you know valuable stuff for for everybody to listen to Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All the details, 100%. man. Damn. And be oh, on the man. lookout for the so, iconic Jersey. If you're in the goat squad, we got an iconic Jersey coming yeah, your way. Yeah. Tap in on that. Damn. He, uh, he just sent a pic of it. It looks really tight. Cool. Yeah. They played nice. the 10 man on the East coast 
that was just uh what was it last weekend two weekends ago yep uh the icc yeah, two, i think it was two, two weekends, weekends ago, ago yeah, yeah. yeah the weekend yeah. right after uh california dude it looked badass those fields look crazy Oh, Bro, that man. stuff is some of my funnest. That's some of the funnest paintball that I've ever played. Going out there and the hyperball and the deep woods and the mounds. Yeah. It's just like, as a kid who, like, I dabbled in woods ball a little bit, playing the big games at the local fields and stuff, but, like, never really experiencing, like, the tournament side of it in there. When I first stepped around that area, I was like, bro, absolutely fell in love. It's just a completely different side of paintball that I think everyone honestly needs to experience. It's sick. Oh, totally. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, if you're not getting out there yeah, and shooting some, up. yeah, mech, dude, it's the yeah, best. it's an important part of the game for sure. Uh, learning how to, I, I think, just playing like in the woods or on different types of fields other than air ball teaches you how to look at paintball differently. Which really, the the core fundamental of paintball is shoot them before they shoot you, right? So the bunkers and stuff shouldn't matter. Learning how to just outsmart your opponent, no matter what the barriers, I think is a uh, I think there's something to that. You know, I don't know what it is. Can't put my finger on it, but I think it just expands your ability to play the hide and seek game with guns, you know? Um, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's valuable. Trent really quick, just to kind of elaborate a little bit on, on what Quinn was saying, like, what do you do before a game? How do you prepare yourself for a match? You're, you're getting ready for a game. It's an hour before. What do you do to tap in mentally? Or do you just kind of, you know, warm up with your team, get your paint ready, listen to the coach and go on the field. Or is there like a process? What do you have going on? Lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good sign. Lots of, just a joke. No, just lots of stretching. Like, uh, my, I have a fragile body. So like lots of stretching, like just, uh, <laughs> breathing and more stretching and maybe a little jog. Yep. My body's like I'm like 19 going on like 32. Okay, so, you trying to say, dude? <laughs> <laughs> lots of yeah. stretching. Hey, I'm 32, <laughs> bud. Yeah. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, just lots of stretching and uh, just do like a bunch of like breathing, like slow breathing, just to, like slow my heart rate down, uh, and just go to like super calm and uh, then like get with the team. I think it's super important to you know get with the team and like make sure everyone's just like on the same page and like focused and uh you know all uh 100 in and focused on the same thing but lots of stretching you like to go for a little run a little, yeah, little, little jog a little, little, little stretch a little, little jog a little team okay. stretch but just so, tons, uh, of, tons of stretching kyle what about you uh I would say, you know, the same, a lot of stretching, a lot, I would, I, I like to go for like, if it's like seven minutes before game time, like live point, I'll go for a nice jog trying. I like to be not, not tired, but break a sweat before like we get out there, kind of get my body like in the rhythm type deal. And then, you know, I mean, before we even do that, like before we go over the pits, I'm just listening to music, any type of genre that I'm feeling like that day. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of getting in my zone, kind of thinking about like, you know, how I got here and what's on the line and, you know, whether it's people who doubted me along the way or the people who are, you know, are wanting me to succeed, just kind of like everything running through my head, trying to just get in that mentality that, you know, no friends inside the net, you know? So, but I mean, as far as I like staying that. loose, you know, like I'll do that and then we'll go over the pits and then, you know, just kind of getting with the boys and making sure that everyone's on the same page and then. My final step is, like I said, like seven minutes before a game, I'll go for a run and just come back. And then, you know, we'll start breaking into the huddle and we'll get the ball rolling. 
And then the pre-workout. I love it. Yeah, the pre-workout is big. Yeah, we need the pre-workout. What do you? <laughs> what what kind of pre-workout do you guys take? Uh, what do you? Whatever Keith is, I think it's what is it? A it was like a rhino. Yeah. Uh, Keith had oh, it's for sure up. Rhino. Why would it be anything else? I tried a couple of scoops and I, I moved it over to my gear bag. I let him know and we've been riding it ever since. We'll talk about that stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> Rhino. Dude, that's the thing too about the late bracket that sucks is like I can't even really drink like a strong coffee before right before my matches because then I have trouble sleeping at night. So like pre-workout's definitely out. Any sort of, you know, stimulant to, to get the blood flowing is out with the late matches. Um, in the prelims. Oh yeah, dude, my body's sensitive to that stuff. Uh, if I take pre-workout in the morning at home and I'm like going to the gym, I do have trouble falling asleep at night. So like, I usually just don't take pre-workout unless I'm at a tournament and it's like Sunday. That's usually, usually the only time I'll, I'll take anything. Um, I, I don't know if it's cause I'm just not used to it. I don't take it a lot. I just, uh, yeah, my body, I'll be up. I'll just be laying there at midnight eyes open. I kind of have that same problem. So now we're, you know, you're actually starting to make a little sense, but I I always just kind of let it roll and we'll figure it out when we get there at 3 a.m. and we're wide awake staring at the ceiling, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 5 a.m. when you're like, I still haven't slept. Give me more (laughs) pre-workouts. We're just going for it. (laughs) That's what's going to happen Friday night. (laughs) Holy smokes, dude. That's hilarious. Full send. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Full send. No, there's, there's, uh, there's something to that, to, uh, um, uh, I know Archie like won't even drink coffee before he plays. And, you know, I've, I've gone back and forth my whole career. I think if you play long enough, you experiment with a ton of different things, you know? Um, and if you, if you kind of wean off of any sort of stimulants, coffee, pre-workout stuff like that, to where you're not using it for, for, you know, at least a month, at least like maybe two months, your body adapts and you actually realize you don't really need it. And I feel like, that's kind of when I play my best. Um, you have a lot of energy. There's no, there's no come down. There's no, you're just even kill. Like you, it, you are who you are. Right. Um, but then I've had other times where certainly I've had some, some, some of my best matches with some good pre-workout, you know, I know world cup 2020, we we're all over the transcend train, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'll take that every, every so often on Sundays, you know, sometimes I wake up and you're like, yeah, I want some transcend. I want some, whatever it is, you know, Transcends only been down a couple of years, but um, I don't know. It's weird how how I feel like I've changed throughout the years, and it sometimes it feels like it's even tournament to tournament where it's like ah, this tournament I feel like I don't need anything, not going to take anything, and then other tournaments I'm like ah, I need I need a double espresso on ice with a little bit of uh, you know heavy whipping cream. That's that's my go to at Starbucks. Uh, you know, it's I don't know. It's kind of strange. I, I feel like it's. I feel like some good advice would be, you know, to the listeners, don't do anything drastically different than what you do in your normal routine. I think that's important is like, uh, what you're doing in the month leading up to the event should kind of be what you do at the event. Right. Do you guys agree with that? Or do you feel a little differently? hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I feel like I was like an athlete. I mean, if right. you like mentally like prepare yourself to do something that you don't end up doing, it could take you out of that rhythm, you know, yeah. and you can play worse. Sometimes maybe you play better, but like for the most part, you know, little things like that. It's just like, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? It's like, 
To be honest, with you, I'm not even. I don't even know the word I'm looking for right now. But you just can't like break break don't habits break, and stuff like that. Ritual. Yeah, ritual. There you go. Me, That's what I was yeah. looking for. I have like I'm like I, so I've never tried. Like I mean, I used to play without pre workout and stuff like that. I mean, over the last three years, I've started to like really incorporate it into my game, and now it's like you know it's a key piece for me. I just it's something I do to get going. Yeah. It's something I do to like create that fire and whether it's a placebo effect because I've been taking pre-workout for so long or whatever, it's just like, it's a ritual for me to just be like, Hey, it's game time. Now we're scooping, you know, we're going to drink a little bit of this. We're going to get with the boys. We're going to get fired up. You know, it's sometimes that's fair. Yeah. Rituals are here. Yeah. Sometimes a couple extra scoops depending, you know, (laughs) (laughs) give me all the Tylenol PM to go to bed. Give me the NyQuil. (laughs) (laughs) We get there. (laughs) damn rough you guys you guys are rough riders dude i love it that's that east coast grit right there baby oh man i like what keith said though about keeping the rhythm though because it is like that you have to get into a cadence going into an event and you know it can't start two weeks like if you're if you're just starting to get into your rhythm two weeks out from uh the tournament or you're you're starting to like just now change your routine so that you're better for the tournament it should have been happening weeks ago. You know, you got to be getting into that cadence, be thinking about how you're going to approach the tournament, going into your practices, going into the event. And then when you have that rhythm set and you're doing all these things, you're going to roll into that event with some power and you're going to have like a really good cadence to the way that you're moving and the way that you're thinking about approaching the game. So I really, I really like that bit there, Keith, because I think that's really important for people to hear. You know, it can't just start a week or two prior to a tournament. It's got to be you know, like three, four, five weeks out where you're starting to think about that process and get into that rhythm there. Yeah, 100%. I think, uh, and you know, there's also something to it too. I know that I wasn't this sensitive when I was younger. You know, I could just like, whatever the flow was, I'm ready to play. Now I'm like so sensitive to, oh my God, I don't look at my phone an hour before bed, you know, otherwise I'm not going to sleep all night, you know, <laughs> all, all sorts of crazy, crazy, crazy little things. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, let me put this on night mode. It was never on night mode before, but somehow now if it's not on night mode, I can't sleep. You know, it's like, it, it is kind of funny how, how we are as humans. Um, I, I think a lot of it probably is mental, a little bit of placebo. I think there's some science behind some of the stuff, but the mind is the most powerful thing in my opinion. You could, you could trick yourself into believing that like certain things are going to benefit you or not going to benefit you, you know, and it's just going to kind of exacerbate whatever that is. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so fellas, we do have some discord questions over here. <laughs> if you guys are, are down to answer oh, some, 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 yeah, <laughs> well, some discord before we get questions. Into that. I do want to know what's Yo. the what kind of music do each of you guys listen to like prior to games or in your everyday week, you know, uh, music or TV shows? What what do you guys consume in these days? Uh, I listen to a little bit of everything. So, I mean, when I'm just like working around the house, something I'm listening to just like maybe it's some country or it's just some laid back, like mellow flow. Like, you know, I, I dabble in rap from time to time, depending on the artist, but like nothing too crazy. But when I'm out of the field, honestly, it'll be like, it'll probably be like some rapper. I'll, you know, kick into like some heavy rock or something like that. I'll get a little dark with it before we get into the matches, you know, yeah. play a little <laughs> in my head and I'm not going to lie. I'll, yeah. <laughs> yep. You're on three scoops of pre-workout and it's jamming. Dude. Look at me, you know? yeah. <laughs> He's in the corner. Leave him alone. Pull him when match is ready. <laughs> nice. 
Nice. Yeah, music, that, that's actually a big one. Music is another thing that uh, is a funny thing for me because some events, I have to listen to music before each game. I got my headphones in and I, you know, I have like a few songs that for whatever reason that month are like the ones, you know, and, and it's just kind of on repeat. And then other events, like I can't listen to music. It's so strange. It's like my body is just not inspired by music at that time. So it's more like kind of breathing and, and silence, you know, and just visualizing, you know, what's going to happen. It's, it's really weird that it changes for me, but it certainly does. And I'm even like that at the gym. There's sometimes I'm in the gym listening to podcasts. Sometimes I have nothing on and sometimes I need music, you know, and it's weird that it'll be like a, you know, often like little two week stints at a time, maybe where I just kind of get in that flow and my body's like, you know, what? I'm bored of doing that in the gym. I, you need this to be inspired or, or like motivated, you know, it's strange, it, it, but it's just yeah. how I personally am, you know, it like changes for me all the time. That is crazy because like, for me, it's like, like if I'm in the gym, it's gotta be music, 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 music. And like, like out at yeah. events. Yeah. Like I'll, uh, it's weird if I don't listen to music, like when we're like, Hey, we're about to go over the pits. We've got 15 minutes, you know, blah, blah, blah. If I don't have my music, I just feel like a, not strange, but it's like, I'm, I'm a ritual guy to where I'm like, okay. Yeah music going you know like here we go get the engine started that's interesting though that you just start back and forth whether it's week in week out or it's like yeah whatever flows for you at that time type deal yeah honestly i i feel like i'm very in tune with my body and what it needs um i don't know if it's from experience or just really trying to focus on like how i can get the best out of myself in certain situations but it's like i know i know when i'm like yeah Music's not going to do it for me today. I, I don't need music. I need to do some breathing exercises. I need to visualize and prepare myself mentally. Uh, then other days I'm like, I need, I need some rhythm right now. I need some beats. I need some, this song that I know uh, triggers something. And like, that's what I need right now. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's strange, but I a hundred percent can, I wake up and I feel it. I know exactly what it is I need to, to tune into, to tap into. Um, sometimes it's, I, I need to, kind of get loud verbally, you know, and I, I need that as well. And other times I don't, it's, it's just kind of strange. Um, I think being in tune with that is, is definitely important. And it, it is strange. Cause I know when I was younger, it was always headphones, headphones were in music was on. Like that was, that was always a thing. So I don't know, maybe just <clears throat> five, 10 years of that played it out a little bit. And then other things started to motivate me and, and that not so much, I'm not quite sure, but I do know that it's a real thing that it's something that I'm like aware of, you know, there's, I can't really tell you what I'm going to, you know, tomorrow morning when I wake up, what's going to inspire me. I don't know if I'm going to want to put music in and go to the gym or if I'm going to want nothing in the headphones, headphones in. So people don't talk to you, you know, <laughs> but nothing's playing. I got something going on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a major, major key at events. I shouldn't even say this on PTG. I always have my headphones in now, whether or not I'm actually listening to stuff. That's a different story. <laughs> major key. Um, but uh, I, I think also it does something like when I I'll put my headphones in a lot now and and it's like right when we're getting ready for a game and I'm running around and it's more of like just tuning out the outside world rather than actually listening to something. I won't have music on, you know, there's those they'll be off. <laughs> People will come in like, oh, what are you listening to? And they grab it. Nothing's playing. I'm like, ah, oh, song's coming on. Don't worry. <laughs> but, it's, it's, but it's, you know, I'm like, I'm just I'm just kind of it gets me in in my zone there, you know. That's what I was going to say is I feel like music helps me push. Like, I don't, I'm not a dark person by any means, but when I'm like getting ready to go on the paintball field, like, I feel like music helps me push to that, like to unleash that, like, you know, that dark side of me that like, you know, 
it's not time to be friendly anymore with these people. Like we're going to go out here. We're going to get business done. You know, like music helps me push to that level. Yeah. Paintball is the sport of war, man. I mean, essentially we're out there um, playing real live version of it. And when we step into those nets, it's on, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's you or me, it's a shark tank Mm -hmm. in there. So you have to really have, yeah, you have to, you have to have that mindset um, dialed in properly. And music is a great way to do that. Also different types of TV shows. That's why I was kind of hinting at that as well. There's, there's just different things that, um, and books, you know, very important books and reading is extremely important in that regard as well. Finding those different gears to get into. Um, are you guys watching any crazy TV shows, reading any books that we should know about? Um, I don't know. Trent, are you into uh, to reading? What are you doing? No reading for me. I uh, I just started to watch. No ones, reading house at all. Zero. No, I, I, no, I read like the occasional. Uh, he reads the book. occasional uh, Instagram <laughs> post. Look right there. Yeah, I read the occasional <laughs> book. <laughs> Uh, not not too often. He, he reads the occasional text. Getting a text back from this kid is is one of the most difficult things I've ever done. <laughs> I honestly hate social media and like I hate Good my phone. You. I hate like using my phone and like I feel like way more at peace when I'm like not staring at my phone and like not like texting people back and like worried about texting people. Just Absolutely. feel way more at peace when I ignore ev- all my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wave everything out. Dude, I'm just doing me. Everything's fine, you know? No problems here. Everything's fine. I'd rather go on Dude. a hike. Yeah, I'd rather go outside. Yeah. You know, I love that because love that. Um, as we move forward, you know, for as tight-knit as everything is with these social aspects, we really have to hone in on that, that, uh, that real-life human connection with, um, the fabric around us without the telecom and all the, the, you know, techie stuff. It's great. And I love it and I appreciate it, but there's something very valuable in what you're saying. And it's very important to, to tap into that because you're going to get a tremendous amount of growth on many levels. Just feel really good too. Um, on top of that, when you're just, you know, stepping away from the, uh, the IG, stepping away from the computer and just, you know, living life without without that stuff. And we need it. I think it's very necessary. And it provides a tremendous amount of um, help on so many levels. But the flip side of the coin is equally as valuable. And we got to remember that as we move forward, because it's just going to get wilder. <laughs> it's going to get totally. deep. Yeah. <clears throat> 100%. So guys, what's, uh, what's the goal here with the Ironman? What's your, uh, what are your guys' visions? What are you striving for? It's just a it's just a home to play. I mean, it's a home to play for us for uh, for now. Um, you know, they were uh, welcoming enough to let all three of us come in, and like that was a huge thing for me in the past was to go play pro with people that I like, enjoyed playing pro with, and uh, they gave me the opportunity to do that. So you know, the what we're looking to do is just continue uh, playing paintball and obviously uh, continue. Uh, trying to move up the ranks and prove a point that we do belong here. Um, but yeah, that's the goal. I mean, continue to push this franchise back to, you know, where, you know, with what we think about when we think about the Ironman, you know, it's like, it's definitely not, you know, where they were last year. You know, when you think about the Ironman, you think about legendary franchise. So it's like the goal for us, I mean, at least for me is, you know, to one, achieve us out of relegation, which it feels like we've done. I've heard, 
back and forth things. Tyler, you said we work good out of relegation. I've heard a couple other things. Not sure. But, uh, I mean, just to continue to push that organization and get them back to where they were, you know what I mean? And, like, just give back, you know, like Trent said, super blessed, super thankful for them to give us the opportunity. So, like, if we can continue to push this ship as far, you know, into the sea as possible, like, that's definitely what we're looking to do, you know? Of course. Yeah, Absolutely. totally, man. <clears throat> and so, how about uh, give, giving us something unique uh, from each of you as, like, what you try to bring to the table as far as your style of play. I know for me personally, I have a certain way that I like to play and how I'm going to imprint the game, right? For me, it's like, I want to be ultra consistent. I want to make sure that the team can depend on me. That's the way I want to impact the game, right? Um, I want to be alive at the end to be able to, to save games and, and hit the buzzer essentially. Um, so there's like intention behind how I'm going to approach the field, you know, and, and when we're at tournaments of like what I want to do in those matches, uh, Kyle, it definitely looked like you one Keith first and foremost, since you were the first pro here, seemed like you always had that intention of you want to go through and, and cause chaos. You want to make sure that the other team has to put focus on you. Doesn't matter how much you get shot. You're going to, you're going to continue to press the envelope through the center and, and draw guns, draw attention. Kyle, it seemed like you kind of approached that Philly event with the same thing. Like I'm just going to relentlessly attack down this side. So they have to focus on me. Do you, do you go into these matches with some kind of intention of how you want to play, what your play style is going to be? Yeah. I mean, same thing. Like you said, you know, I try and provide as much consistency as possible just because like from any coach, you know, if you can rely on a player to go out there and be consistent and do a job, like that's the first step, you know? But I like I like to go out there and like mainly I try and set the pace. Like I like I want to go out there. I want to swing punches. You know I want to go downfield. I want to make people feel uncomfortable. I want to open up space for the guys behind me. You know that's that's the big thing for me is going out there and you know not sitting back and hoping the game develops in my favor. I want to. There's that you know obviously that piece of the game also low body situations and whatnot. But we're talking about every point. I try and go out there and just set the pace. You know and say hey this is our field. This is how we're gonna play. You know and you can either run with it or we're going to run you over, you know? So that's, that's personally what I try and do. I like it. I learned, Keith, I learned that from big man over here a little bit, you know, over in jam. <laughs> Ram jam. Keith hit us with it. What Ram jam? You want Ram jam again? <laughs> Ram jam. <laughs> no, just if, you know, I mean, again, I, I like stated what I think your intention is. I don't, I don't, you know, I've never talked to you about that, but is that like, do you consciously make the decision that that's what you want to bring to the teams that you play with? Or is that just a style that you find fun? Like what's, what's the reason behind that play style? You're talking about me? Yeah, you right. Ram Jam. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was disconnected for a second. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I just like it, dude. I, I like, I just, honestly, I like bunkering people. I really do. I love it. I love being in your face. I love, uh, I love the intensity of it. I just want you to know that I'm there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. I I just always, I mean, it's, it's fun to shoot that guy from across the field with one ball, but like when you're rattling shots off his back, you know, and he's screaming (laughs) like a little bitch, you know, it's like, it gets me off. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It gets me off. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, okay. Um, Young Stevie on the soundbite. Young Stevie, Chris, calling all PTG members. We need to soundbite that immediately. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where, where did you get hardwired for that type of play style? Like, where did you pick that up? Who was a, who was a predecessor that, that hardwired you with that type of mentality? Um, I mean, just the style of how, how paintball was when I was coming up watching Hogan's Alley, how aggressive they were in 2004, 2005, it was, you know, full auto, right? You guys, yeah. you guys all played full auto. I mean, everything was very aggressive. So I came up in that style and I just kept going with it. Cause I, I just liked it. You know, it was just my favorite style to play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I so just kept true, going dude. with it. I, I, uh. You know, I've also have been uh, have great opportunity to play with like Ryan Moorhead, Yaya, Tim Montressor. Dude, Bobby shout out Lewis. to the boys! Shout out to the yeah. boys! Yeah, we love you, Bobby. Man, breaks my heart every time I even say that. And uh, I've played with a lot of good, a lot of good players that have mentored me along the way, and you know they've have honed in on certain things. And going back and playing semi pro, it's it's uh, it's actually been a, a really good thing for me because it made uh it matured me as a paintball player you know yeah really perfected my like my craft and stuff like that i mean i still have a lot of things to learn and get better at just like we all do you know but yeah totally all ram four jam. ram jam let them know hashtag <laughs> ram jam on everything you hashtag, see hashtag ram jam <laughs> we need and, some ram jam t-shirts keith when are they coming out yeah <laughs> <laughs> Let's Dude, go. those those four players that you named off are some of the best to ever play Ram Jam paintball. You know, um, when you talk about being in your face and being a force that you have to deal with on the paintball field, you know, those players all brought the game straight to you and so do you. And that is a powerful thing to bring into a, a camp, you know, not only on the paintball field, but as a person, as a person, all of those players that you named off in yourself carry that cadence with you in life too and you're gonna you know you're gonna bring the game to people you're gonna be in your face you're gonna be ready to play at the highest level possible and that kind of energy is infectious and it, it really um, breeds greatness in a camp you know so having that having that type of outlook is going to be tremendous for the guys around you and for your, obviously your play style out there so keep the ram jam alive hashtag ram jam forever let's run oh. it up Let's oh. see what you know. <laughs> Let's go. Jam, jam, Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, fellas. What do, what do we say? Discord yep. time? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. We got we got some we got, we got some good questions in here. But we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna start off light from Papa Sash. He wants to know Keith DeVitt, how much can you bench? Uh yeah. Um one time I got about uh three hundred was like three three hundred was my max, but I don't normally go over a couple plates on each side. One play on each side. I don't like to fuck with the joints at all. Just a big smart. Thing. Smart, yeah. smart. You see those mountains over there? I could throw a pig skin way over them mountains. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could throw a football deep, baby. <laughs> Farthest I've ever seen anyone throw a football, ever. Actually, these yeah. guys went to my softball game the other night. They saw me throw a, uh, throw Heaters. a softball. It was yeah. dangerous. Oh, yeah. I believe yeah. it. Dude, I believe zingers. 
That's yeah, awesome. Hell yeah. All right. And I got to say, major love to the PTG World Discord. We love you and we're so appreciative of all of you being in there, tapping in on these questions. It means a lot. And you asked some great questions. We've got some great ones here tonight. Um, we've got, let's see, let's go with Nick Gallimore. How were your mindsets different going into last event and what changed? So I don't know, maybe each one of you can kind of hit on that. I mean, I think, uh, I think it was just kind of, like we said, like paintball is a big chemistry thing too. You know what I mean? It's something to be said about once you start spending time with the guys and getting to know each other and not just at practice, but you know, the pro I would say like the off field stuff is more important than the, you know, the practices are obviously as important, but the off field bonding, the being just around each other, the understanding each other and stuff like that, the genuine spending time with each other. I think that was a big difference from, you know, the last event, you know, go and rather than Philly, because for Philly, it was, you know, we went to the practices, we met everyone and, you know, we went to the event and things were still, it was like, oh, you know, new guys on the roster. How does everyone feel about us? How does everyone feel about the whole situation? And I think after the event, like everyone just had that look in their eyes, like, hey, we can do this, you know, and it just pulled everyone together. And then just being able to spend more time with the guys, like we were out in California for a long time, spending time with them, you know, and just hanging out outside at the motels or the hotels or whatever, and just having a good, having a good time. You know, I think there's something to be said for just spending time with each other, you know, it's yeah. as equally important to spend time with each other on the field. But I think the chemistry off field is just as important. I think if you don't have that totally. chemistry field, I think there, that a big gap can be created in the team there. It's very true. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. All right hey man, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's just the chem- it's just the chemistry, and you know, everyone like just believing that it is possible, and believing that like you can pull, or we can pull ourselves out of the situation, and it's a hundred percent possible. So it's just like everyone being uh, completely bought in and being a hundred percent on the same page, and uh, one common goal, one common task. Yeah, being yeah, present there. Totally. And what about you, Keith? What was uh, what was your mindset like rolling into that event? Rolling into the next event, um, uh, to the to the Sacramento, yeah, yeah, obviously. No, yeah. it um, it was uh, it was uh, I honestly I didn't really know where where uh where we were going with it. To be honest <laughs> yeah, with you, shooting from the hip. Yeah, we're kind of more or less shooting from the hip. You know, it was uh, just everything was. I was still me personally. I was still like kind of like gathering. You know downloading everything still going on jumping back into everything but um for me like i think i um i put myself more i gave more of myself to it you know and uh i saw that other people gave more of themselves to the game too and it just Big. it was a vibe thing man like it just spread out like fire you know it's work yeah yeah hell yeah yeah it's huge it's huge when you really apply yourself, you you get the benefits. I mean, that's just undoubted. Um, all right, from Jay Lamb, two-part question here. What's it like having a female coach compared to a male coach? Um, and where did the striped beanie come from? So I think that is probably to Trent. And Keith, you don't wear a striped beanie too, do you? I, I used to. I gave mine to Trent. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So and I also from. gave my backup one to Kyle Nicola. Damn. Yeah. Okay, crew. so yeah. What what's behind the what's behind the striped beanie? Is it just that Keith hooked you guys uh, up? Yeah, I mean, I I had a, a so back when the bandits were around. I mean, I had a beanie that was kind of red and blue striped. Uh, Patrick O'Brien's grandmother actually hand knitted them, so I had worn that. 
And then uh, got out of that, had another beanie that had a massive hole in it for the longest time. And Keith was just like, dude, you look like alfalfa every time you're out in the field. Take this thing. And uh, the rest was history there. So, I mean, the striped beanie. I wore it back in the day, and Keith just luckily had one on deck, and uh, he provided for me. So There we go. Tight. Nice. All right. And, and then the, 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 the fr- Go ahead. Sure. My bad, Trent. I was going to say, I just got mine from Keith because when I came to the Hurricanes, looked like a savage. <laughs> no headgear. No he, was like, he, was like, he was like this we, with we like had, his headgear. We had to pull him off the field and take <laughs> care of him real quick. <laughs> yeah, so I got donated a bunch of headgear. He's over here with his headgear all messed up, blind firing behind bunkers. Like, what's wrong with this kid? We don't know, but he looks all right, so we'll take him. <laughs> uh, okay, and then the first part of that question was, what's it like having a female coach compared to a male coach? I really don't notice that much of a difference, you know, it's because I have a lot of, so, you know, Nikki's she's, she gets pretty hyped in the pit too, you know, like even more hyped than some of the male coaches I've had, you know, Dude, so, Nikki has a ton of passion. Yeah. So I don't really see like too much of a difference between like the genders of guy. I could see where people like might, you know, could go with it. But I, I honestly, like I've had more fire out of Nikki than I've had with some of my male coaches. And for me, that's Hell a yeah. big thing. I like my coach to be bought in to be just as passionate about the sport as I am. So totally, yeah, I don't, I don't see much difference with Nikki. She's awesome. She's a fantastic answer, dude. And, and yeah, yeah, I was honestly hoping that the answer would be kind of like that for that question. Cause I think a lot of people do ask that and it's kind of short sighted. I think if the individual giving you information and, and behind the clipboard, um, is doing their job well, it doesn't matter what gender they are. Right. Uh, and you're seeing that in sports right now. It's it's a slow trickle, but it's happening more to where female coaches are getting head coaching jobs of, of you know, men's teams. And if the if the coach is good enough at their job, the players are going to respect the coach, period. You know, and any individual can can um, do a good job and know how to get the best out of their players. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you answered it that way, Kyle. Thank you. She has so much fun and you can see it when she's out there, you know, she's really enjoying herself and oh, she's yeah. a badass. She's out there to win, man. All right. We got, Bro, she's been in paintball for, for a long ass, long ass time. Yeah. She's yeah, been she's in paintball for a long ass time. Right. Yeah. Parents own a paintball field. She plays like she knows the game. Nikki is, is no slouch. People may not know, you know who she was. If you haven't go back and listen, listen to the episode with her, but she understands the game and all the players very well. Been in it a long time, so mm-hmm. she's got the roots. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> totally. We got Osborne for this. If you could add one former Ironman alumni that is currently in the league and on another team, who would it be and why? I mean, it's obviously got to be Marcelo. <laughs> can't force feed them answers. <laughs> Damn it! Now it has to be me. <laughs> It's okay if it's not, guys. It's okay. There's a lot of good uh, former Ironman players that are still in the league. Yeah. I got to think about this. I also personally would like to know one that isn't in the league um, and who that would be. Just on my my personal. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Come on. (laughs) Come on. Everyone knows who it is. I was going to say, for that one, Tyler, for me, it would be Oliver. Of course. Naturally. Ah! Of course. Go. Exactly. That's goat a no shit. Brainer. That's goat shit. Yeah. I mean, for alumni that's already in the league, honestly, I mean, yeah, Marcelo would be right there. Uh, who else is there? What else do we meter, have? Meter. You'd have meter. So we got meter. Yeah. Um. You can't. You can't. Uh, 
I mean, sewers. I'll go with Marcella. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I made it, boys. I made it. I made it. We could do some damage. We could do some damage. I like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's fun. A lot of players. A lot of players. So Yosh actually used to play for the Ironman. Uh, Kyle, Kyle played for the Iron Man, obviously. Um, Who else on Dynasty? Brandon Cornell. Brandon Cornell, Mouse. Mouse played for the Iron Man. Clipping on all these names, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of big names have played for the Iron Man. I mean, again, it's just a legendary franchise here in Southern California. You know, a lot of the guys have have played for them at one point or another. I'll go with Mouse. Mouse, that's a good one. It's a good yeah. one. Thanks a lot. Just, you know, fuck me, huh? Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Stay humble. Uh, no, this is a good pick. This is a good pick. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Trent, he's saying you're not getting the job done on the snake side. No, no. I just want, I just want to rip it with mouth. Wow. You would have the triple ram jam threat down That'd all sides. Sweet. Yeah. I like it. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think who... Who else? Sewers. Who else? Greg Sewers. Active. Yeah, but he doesn't play. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Yeah, he's he not played, active in the he league. Played this not year. Active in the league. Oh, in Europe. Yeah. In Europe. Yeah. So which league is he talking about? I guess. Um, hey, you got it, Trent. How about you, brother? I was gonna have to say you, but then Keith said Alex Goldman, so I got to go with Alex Goldman. <laughs> oh, here we go, dude. That hurts. That <laughs> right off the You're table. Live on, live on PTG. <laughs> There goes before, before before we allow Kyle to change his uh, change his his nomination, we're just gonna move on to the next question. Before <laughs> <laughs> he retracts his, uh. his statement, there it's one for me and two for Mouse. All right, I could take a lot that. Of legendary players out there. Okay, a lot of great players. <laughs> a lot of a lot of a lot of good players. A lot of good players. We'll go with like recent win records, though. You know, I don't know. Mouse is kind of having some troubles over there. All right, was that my question? That was my question. You're up, Ty. All right, um, we got CB2K from the Macro Line Gang. The Macro Line Gang, for everybody that doesn't know, is a whole Discord channel in our uh, chat, Discord PTG World Chat, where everyone just shoots old Macro Line or steel braided, you know, guns from the past, and they have a lot of fun in there. He's wondering, can you guys get Billy Wing to bring back the I3s? <laughs> That's what he There's wants. There's been some talk. We have chatted. <laughs> Yep. We wait. They're hungry. Yeah, we wait. I don't think that's going to happen, but we could try. Yeah. We can keep throwing it safe. out there. They were safe. We'll keep working at it. Hell yeah. <clears throat> All right. Dizon80, one of the OG goats in the Discord. Shout out to Dizon. Dude is just a legend. Um, he, this uh, question is just for you, Keith. He says, Keith, how is this second stint with the Ironmen different? Do you have a different role now being a more experienced player than the first time around? Uh, did you have any say in who you wanted to bring with you to the team? Um, this time around has obviously been much better. Um, I'm not surrounded by as, you know, high-profile players as I was previously when you had Meter, you had Paxson, you had Damian Ryan, Scott Kemp, you know, and now it's uh, a bunch of people that are on their way up, so to speak, you know. Um, so, yeah, I've, I feel like I I feel like uh, I have more of like a leadership role along with Nick and Al, um, and it's just been good. Uh, did I have a – some kind of – way of having bringing people along with me yes i did and that's kind of like 
what I wanted to actually go back and do this. So if that answers your question, yeah. <laughs> you know? There you go. Hell yeah. Nice. All right. This is just a statement from the Dorfster. Um, he said, shout out to the Saki Bombs. Hashtag Saki Bombs from the Kobe Steakhouse. I guess you guys oh. had uh, a couple yes, Saki Bombs. Yes, Saki Bombs. Yes. Saki bombs. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Thank yep. you. <laughs> He's showing love. He's getting wild, there. <laughs> oh, he wants to know what you guys talked about in the back of the Kobe Steakhouse. Yeah. Oh, Dave. Dave called us. Oh, yes. Yeah, we had a phone call with Dave. Boss oh, talk. Okay. Yeah. What, what we got talk. going on? Cooking up. Boss talk. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's not what I meant. I do that. No. Oh, I. That's oh, the one that I wanted. That's the one. Oh. Oh, so close. Gosh. So close. I screwed it. I screwed it up. <laughs> Oh, All fellas, right. man, it's been a damn, damn riot. Ty, sorry, do you have one? Have another one or what? Um, I think uh, we're about there. Oh, JF13, Keith, the the relegation savior, half of the pump bros, you know, uh, <laughs> JF13. What did you think when the Ironman fell apart? How did you feel when you got the call to roll in and help save the day? This is James Feliciano, just James, so you know. Yeah. I know you well, the Ironman never fell apart, so was, we'll just throw that one out there. There we go. Um, it uh it was good i mean it was just it was uh just meant to be you know and like uh that's all i really have to say about it just a blessing again it's a blessing it's great it's an honor it's an honor to put the shield back on for the second time i didn't think it was ever going to happen again i didn't never thought it was going to happen the first time and it did uh but it's it's great to be back and it's great that i brought my friends you know yeah. Bro, you Dude, belong awesome. in the pro division, brother. I'm I'm like so fucking happy to see you back on on the Iron Man. It made sense for so long. I I don't know why it took as long as it did to be completely honest. Um but um yeah, happy to see you uh back on the Iron Man. I appreciate yeah. that Marcel a lot. For sure, brother. Yeah, we, One of the we can't wait dudes to I know in the game. Yeah. Yeah, Keith, you work your ass off, bro. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's why you're going to continue to be successful. And all three of you guys are working your ass off. The Ironman camp is working really hard. We're excited to watch you all obviously progress with the team. And uh, we can't wait to see you soon. In a couple weeks here, we'll all be out in Chicago. Um, and on behalf of myself, Marcelo, the whole PTG Nation, we can't thank you enough for stopping by, dropping knowledge yeah. on us, having some fun, Ram Jam, till we die. Let's go. Ram Jam, baby. <laughs> that is gonna be a PTG thing now. Ram Jam to the moon. We are. <laughs> it is gonna be lit. Yeah, yeah, dude, fellas, I'll see you guys this weekend. When do you guys get oh, in? Yeah. You'll be out at, at Victory on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not. We land at like five thirty or so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, you guys have a good event. You think you can take it easy now? Uh, now you no, come in and skip Friday. Four days <laughs> next weekend. Oh, four days next weekend. You should do three this weekend and four next weekend. But hey, who am I? You know, hey, we'll say, we'll say. don't, don't worry. I, I wouldn't be on your guys' team anyway. You guys already made that clear, so I don't need to worry about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler, you're in. Let's go. <laughs> My boys, thank you guys so much, man. Excellent show. It was awesome to to hang out with you guys. And uh, like I yeah, said, man. I'll see you guys this thank weekend. You. And Keith. Thank you, drive thank, you, thank you guys seriously yeah, yeah. keith awesome. made a two-hour drive for y'all to have this episode so show some Bro. love for it yeah no. thank you keith. let's go baby. No! <laughs> are we done yeah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> peace let's go
All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys enjoyed the episode, you can head over to ptgpaintball.com and click the Patreon link. Become a supporter of the show. Get access to the Discord. Um, become a member and you get all these awesome perks. We give tons of stuff away in the GOAT meetings every month and you get a ton of knowledge and insight in the different channels we have in the Discord. Um, our website's brought to you by Rusty Glaze at Concept Pursuit. If you guys need a website, Rusty is your guy. All right, PTG fam, as always, we'll see you very soon.